Welcome back for another episode to join us to journey through the 80s with the 80s kids. I am your co-host Kyle Lintz. With me as always is Rich Oliver. Hey everybody. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, Hey, don't forget we are the, uh, we're the 80s kids. We come on every time, every episode. We're talking about a week in the 80s. What's going on that week? What's happening in the news? What's happening in sports? What's happening in movies, TV, everything pop culture you can think of. We're going to give you all that information right here. Um, and that's what we're all about. Today we got a, a very exciting show. This is going to be not just exciting, but epic. Why epic? We're talking about one of the biggest, most epic movies of the 80s. Uh, one of my favorites of all time, the movie Willow. So it's going to be really exciting. This is going to be a lot of fun. We've got some special guests. Our first guest we'll, we'll introduce, this is our buddy from uh, the 80s himself, uh, Don Brown. Welcome to the show for the first time. Hello, hello. Thank you for inviting me. See, he's, he's a show virgin, Rich. We're going to bring him in and uh, give him, give him the, right, whole, right. uh, the whole initiation into the 80s. Right, we'll take it, we'll take it easy, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Please do. I, I, I accessorize the room behind me with as much 80s stuff as I oh, can. I see hey. a Michael Jackson shirt or Michael That's Jackson right. coat back there. That's awesome. Yep. And Knight Rider. Hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there he is. Yeah, there he is. Nice. That's I nice. Awesome. Get into, the, into the office. I wish I could. I wish I could drive him through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. yes. You, you do have a Knight Rider car. A lot of people don't know that. So that's that's one that. of the cool things. Uh, you always, uh, one day, maybe we can uh, talk right. more about that. All right. So. Let's uh, let's get rolling. Since we're talking about um, this particular week, this week, which is May 15th to May 21st, 1988. So this week had a very special place in my heart because, again, one of my favorite movies of all time was released on uh, May 20th uh, that week. Friday, May 20th, 1988, the movie Willow was released, uh, which was executive produced by George Lucas, directed by Ron Howard. And today we have a very, very special guest who's going to share some of the stories of uh, being on set with Willow as he was one of the uh, prominent actors that appeared as uh, the character Frangine the Brownie, Mr. Rick Overton. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank awesome. you. For Real pleasure. Yes. Oh, we appreciate memory you coming lane. on. <laughs> yes. We'll bring you all the way down memory lane, all the way back to those days. Um, yes. But before I'm, we get... Oh, I'm, go ahead. I don't want to talk over Marty, get the car. Sorry, wrong tone. Yes, yes, get the car. Yeah, no, you're right. Hey, put on put on your uh, high top sneakers, your uh, acid wash jeans, your hyper color t shirt. You know, we're gonna jump in that time machine and we're going back. Actually, oh, why don't we get back in the phone booth? Because that's a little reference to one of your characters you played when you played Rufus. That's right, that was Bill the incarnation of Rufus in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Adventures. Then you also do it as the animated voice as well, right? No, I'm afraid it oh, was no. just, oh, just, yeah. just the live action. It's directed by Savage Steve Holland. Oh, I love Savage Steve Holland. One Crazy Summer. Yeah. One great yeah. is a great movie. <laughs> so uh, it was it was a fun series to do and um, got a few episodes in. It was expensive and it was also very difficult to keep alive a half hour show that is one camera because you can't fit enough commercials into it to pay for a crew showing up every single day of the shoot as opposed to when you're doing a four camera the crew only really shows up at uh, the end of block and shoot you know or, or, or if it's block and shoot you show up all week but otherwise they really don't show for shoot day rehearsal days you're just walking around on the set and they don't come in and they don't pay them yeah it changes <laughs> the budget per episode interesting and a half hour 
and especially back then. Yeah, back then. There weren't a lot of other competitors. There weren't a lot of rivals to the medium. And so they kind of owned the territory. They could make the rules. And um, the sponsorship curve was like everything. It was still about Nielsen's. Right. Yeah. So much different now, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, you're also, uh, you also just recorded your uh, uh, new comedy special, uh, the Rick Overton set list, uh, which uh, is now available to rent or own uh, through what we got Hulu, we've got uh, YouTube, we've got uh, Google Play, we've got uh, iTunes. I found it on there as well. Um, Amazon Prime, yeah. It's on Prime and on ComedyDynamics.com. And Comedy, yes, absolutely. Uh, so, fun. Now, let's tell the folks a little bit about what Setlist is. Setlist is, it's an improv game, and you can see YouTube's of it as examples. And you can see I've got, I've got a few out, but. Because I fell in love with this creation of Troy Conrad and Paul Provenza that ages ago, Troy created it, Paul produced it, and made this very challenging but amazingly fun game where you don't get to bring your act on stage. You go up on stage and there's a projection screen behind you and they project all your topics to you that you've never seen before. Mm. And it's not normal, easy airline food and dating and, you know dogs and cats it's weird blended words and suggestions for odd and morbid things and, and you gotta <laughs> talk your way out of it like liars club like they hand you some crap antique store piece of garbage and you gotta say why this came from ancient mesopotamia and you gotta oh, yeah. just bullshit your way out of it and i tried to, and they will then switch the topic and switch the topic and switch the topic you some gotta guys, be quick on your feet yeah I try to connect them all. Yeah. So they're I trying to catch. They're trying to catch you if they can. Oh yeah! yeah they're, they're, That's they're, they just like screwing with you. Around in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched it. Roy's having the time of his life. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I watched it. It was great. I try to really dig myself into a deep ditch by really determinedly and very certainly setting up what must clearly be. I turn the suggestion has nothing to do with what I'm talking about at all. <laughs> and I've just thrown myself backwards down the cliff. I just climbed up from. All right. Nice. Yeah. I, I got to watch it. It was, it was, it was really funny. It was great oh. uh, thing. And I tell you, I think I was sitting more on the edge of my seat because I'm like, how, how are you going to do this? Yeah. I, I think I was, I, I couldn't figure it out. That's oh yeah. Lie. Cause you couldn't, you couldn't prepare, right? You didn't know anything. You're going in blind. And, no, uh, not if you do. Yeah. And so, it, it, which made it so much more fun because they come up with something like, I remember it was like a religious lobster or something. And you, you know, you're like, what, where do you even go with that? And, but, but yeah, everything you did was. was oh, you gotta be quick. You gotta be Absolutely. quick. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I can imagine that could, that could really stump uh, just about anybody. I'm getting nervous just thinking about it again, but I like it. You, know, <laughs> you ever, you guys do ever do excitingly daring things because you kind of like the charge it gives you? Certainly, yeah. Any of you kind of adrenaline junkie kind of guys? No, but yeah, well, I've done some stuff. You know, <laughs> I like to use I like to use the two ply once in a while in the bathroom. <laughs> That's about it, you know. Out now, hey, yeah, yeah pace yourself. Uh, I, 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 uh, you know, I like motorcycles for years and then you put me on a biplane and we'll just go upside down and I'll That's pull cool. over back here. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, the Indiana Jones swinging, just missing. Um, I, I want to be able to, uh, 
keep exploring courageously this thing I love to do. And so I bring that spirit along to help me do it. Yeah. Yeah. And the game is the perfect place to practice it. It is the ideal setting for it. Set list is absolutely, there's no, there's, there's nothing more fun than when you, you see this other part of yourself that you don't usually rely on when you have your, your pad of material, your index cards mm -hmm. and all the things laid out. No, you, without that, you go, who, who am I? And you realize, Oh, there's this <laughs> other thing I do. Well, I, I imagine with the way you're laying it out, it, the, the adrenaline from, from killing is, is high. But imagine <laughs> if, if you lock yeah. up during this session and you, yeah. and you just draw a blank and you freeze, you just die there. I can't imagine. I mean, it did. did you if freeze. You, if mm -hmm. you, I think no matter what, if you freeze. If you freeze, yeah. But, oh, yeah. yeah. They'll know. The audience right, will know. Right. Well, you know, but I think they'll cut you a little slack. You, you, this one, you better give the man a minute. <laughs> right. You gotta, you gotta process this. Right, right. Being there, you know, let this yeah. guy figure this stuff out because it's right. some of them are really challenging. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure you have little tricks. They are simultaneously their brains are screaming for their version of all these answers. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. And they're and all wrong except for you. Right. <laughs> sometimes they, you know, sometimes after a show, someone will say, "You know, you should have said this," and I'm like, "Ha ha!" Yeah. And I'll be right, right. Damn, that was funny as shit. You know? <laughs> right, right. You're like, damn it. <laughs> uh, where were you? You know, but right, uh, right. but the point is to trust yourself, to trust yeah. that part of you that can get you through these things that you don't usually. People don't who don't swim don't usually just fall backwards into the pool. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. And you you had you started your career in improv, correct? Is that well, I was calling it improv. I was calling it acting. I was calling <laughs> those other things. And so it was in there. But I wasn't in a in an improv troupe necessarily early on, but I was in a team and we had to improvise to write the material that eventually wound up being very finely machined. Roger Sullivan, Overton and Sullivan, five years in a team from the early 70s, broke up in 78. And we uh, we, we broke up over actually him wanting to just be Overton Sullivan uh, is known for just these finely honed, perfected things. And I wanted to play. I wanted to take it to other spots and that kind of divided us a little bit uh, as well as the economics of being in a team. And when you're in a team and you're at a club or you're watching a solo, get that one check for a certain amount. And the two of you get that check for the same amount. And then, you know, before that it was all, Oh, you're a better artist than me. No, you are the better artist. art and everything's about, you know, approval of your, and then as soon as the, it becomes about money, it's like any marriage. I love you, darling. I love you. Oh, shit. Now the bill's got to get paid. <laughs> you know uh, you're not doing enough. And the, your, your premise, uh, my, my premise is more important than your punchline. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. You're, you're like, well, we can hang out together, but I got to eat ramen. But if we break <laughs> up, I can at least have a ham sandwich now and again. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So the ramen holiday. <laughs> so that so once you were finished there you moved into stand-up like uh after your solo after that from 1978 on and mm. uh i was scared and so let me tell you there's only one thing that got me out of it improv mm. so I, was you... I had my improv but what do you think you're doing when you're writing 
You're right. either one of two things, improvising or plagiarizing, and there's no third option. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're right. So, so did you improv your stand-up a lot? Huh? What was your improv like? Did you improv your stand-up a lot? You had your your yes. your regular thing. Yeah. It's like and and acts say, well, I don't do improv, and then you watch them on a Friday, second show, <laughs> nothing but you know, drunks and and a <laughs> bachelorette party or whatever, and yeah. uh, you have to start improvising a little bit. And so, yes, mm -hmm. you'll recognize a few of the lines he throws back, but. Mm -hmm. If you're dealing with the reality of any of these things, you're going to eventually have to start figuring out how to put it in your own words. Mm -hmm. And improv can do right nicely there. It's a, it's a beginning course of teaching you that what you're doing right now is improv. Mm -hmm. All right. Don't be so scared of it. You're right. doing it already. Sure. Now, yeah. I, imagine, I imagine with your skill as more in improv, when you were on stage, you probably were able to play with the crowd better uh, versus you know, just doing your set list you were able to work the crowd pretty well then as opposed to, you know, talking to them, have them respond to you and be able to play off of those uh, yeah. reactions. Yeah, I'm sure a lot yeah. easier than uh, that's, that should be part of any guys or gals way yeah. of doing or, you know, shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't be missing from yeah. your, your tricks. Cause there's going to sure. be that day when you wish you had that one. Next show, I think you always feel a little more involved in the show when they're, when they're sort of pointing at different members of the audience. It kind of feels a little more playful and a little more, you know, like it, it does feel like you're kind of just making it up as you go. And they may give you material, too. If you start interacting, they give you something that yeah. you can put off what they said. And that's, yeah, and that's sure. That's another major facet is you might just get that jam you'll use again. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so Maybe not. You know, yeah. there's only one way to find out. Yeah. So with the set list, are you looking, will you be doing more of those in the future? You think? That's or, uh... the whole idea. If we can get this one a little more heat, let's see if we can't start a chain of these. And here's the oh. thing. You don't Great. need to bust your ass for another whole year honing and refining <laughs> the next specials material. Just I'll come back tomorrow. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Because it's upon the one asking all the questions behind to have that whole next set of great questions. Mm -hmm. So it's on Troy and Paul. And when I'm doing it for someone else, when it's sure. not me answering the questions, I can write the questions for them too. Cause I helped with it for many years with that too. Yeah, well, not, you should never get your own questions. Cause that's cheating. You know. right. Right. <laughs> well. Yeah. Definitely, definitely worth getting the word out because it, it is a worthwhile special. I really enjoyed it. Oh, great. Yeah. A lot of fun. You. Absolutely. A lot of fun to watch. The people do it. I want to talk. I would like to think that lots of other guys talk themselves into it's not so scary. Because, you know, <laughs> somebody's got to go be the first one on the dance floor, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody has to be. And, yeah. yeah. So, you know, take the hit, go out, do it first. We go, come on, let's, let's do this. Keep this game alive. Let's keep this idea, this thing alive. It's the thing that keeps the inventor in your head going right. yeah keeps that muscle strong and almost nothing else is pushing it like that sure definitely helps keep you sharp now it's a great time to have an inventive mind <laughs> certainly yeah, absolutely certainly yeah definitely definitely awesome so now so from here like you're doing stand-up for a while you did hbo specials right you even did like uh comic relief and all of those different uh shows through your, your career and then you, you at, at one point in between there, you're, you're segueing into movies and TV and such. 
Uh, what was the first uh, role you got to that you landed in in movies? Uh, Young Doctors in Love, Gary Marshall's first film, and my first film, Taylor oh, Negra. film. Oh, Michael Taylor Negra. And uh, Sean Young's second film, and uh, 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 not Harry Dean Stanton's uh, first film, but uh, lots of great people. Yeah. And uh, it was a great treat. And thank you, Gary, forever for getting me in there. Absolutely. And uh, I was also doing Evening at the Improv at the time. And so things were starting to heat up in the very beginning of the comedy boom. Mm-hmm. And that comedy boom was was huge by that time, by the mid 80s. The, to it was the 90s. really something to go to, you know, uh, you step outside a place that's uh, a pizza place and it's comedy night at the pizza place and you walk across <laughs> the street to the yogurt and it's comedy yogurt and comedy <laughs> nail and hair and comedy lobster house and yeah. the were overflowing with people with big lines going around the street to get in because TV had not yet gotten to this stadium at home thing where mm-hmm. the people who are these young 80s people would then get married. And once you get married, you can't go out and play like that anymore because now you got to pay for a babysitter, <laughs> and parking and dinner and drinks and then cover for the show and then tips uh, or click. Have, have you been spying on my life? Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> it was at home because they brought you all the comedy at home. It's all on your TV. Now. Yeah. Right. Right. It's true. Yeah. Off, watch and laugh and get high and all those things you can't do in the club. <laughs> You can pause so you can take a leak <laughs> and uh, things you can't do anywhere else when you're in a club like that. Yeah. And it, one medium replaced the live medium and the need to get out of the house at late 1970s, man, I got to get us, you know, yeah. uh, uh, it, it's all, you know, ra- video killed the radio star. Yeah. 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 That's yeah the it's still though when you go to a club or you see a live show like that it's a it's a total different feeling than when you're just watching on tv yeah there's an energy that you just surround you when you're there and you're going there to laugh so (laughs) i mean you know if if you're lucky enough to do it i think it's also the group energy Mm -hmm. and the unanimity it's a combination of anonymity and unanimity Mm -hmm. no one knows who you are but everybody basically agrees right so you're safe Right. And then all your emotions can really freely express and come out. Mm-hmm. That's one version. The other one is at home. And sometimes it doesn't work the same. You're right. Because you, you feel stupid just laughing alone on your own. <laughs> right. Um, and it's sort of like when everyone's laughing, you better laugh too, because the group is doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It, it, it definitely helps because you definitely feel that energy. You're feeling everything that's sort of going on. You hear somebody else laughing and you're like, it, it's funny. You know, it's funny. Even yeah, if you right. don't even get it, you're going to you're going to start laughing that sooner or later, you're going to understand what's, what's happening. I'm hoping people will laugh at my special even when they're sitting at home. Right. I, I was. <laughs> I certainly was. I found uh, it really funny. Oh, I want you to just, you know, pretend you're in pretend you're in public. Absolutely. <laughs> that's great. Now, is, is that the set list something they tour around or is that just uh, done in L.A. or is it something that tours the country? It The game does. It mm-hmm. tours the world. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. 
Edinburgh, it's been to Dublin and London, and it's been to lots of countries and all across yeah. America. Although comedy festivals have done it. Oh, that's cool. It's a huge hit, and it's sort of like bragging rights. To yeah. say you've done it. And- Match. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Uh, oh, and uh, another thing I definitely wanted to ask you about too. Um, you it, on your IMDb credits, it, it states that you were you did some stunt, some stunt work uh, in the movie Fletch. Yeah, Fletch. <laughs> uh, the scene didn't make it, but it was fun to do. And uh, uh, Chevy's back was injured pretty severely, coming off that ladder for so many years. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he did really ba- he banged his his vertebrae up pretty bad. He's a big dude. He's my size. Mm-hmm. I'm also six four and about the same weight. And at the time, I could fit into his getup. So there was a scene where he's still wearing all his hockey gear and in full mask. And I was shooting another movie called Odd Jobs at the time when I was bleach blonde with croup, <laughs> like sting hair, you know. Which, yeah. by the way, thank you very much, uh, hydrogen peroxide. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I start going I, bald. I feel your pain. Oh yeah. So I, uh, I've got the full hockey gear and I'm walking all out of balance across Wilshire Boulevard while stunt guys are screeching and beeping around me and I get across the street. And that's when he shows up in the hockey gear. And oh, I just right. transition walk that his back would not permit him at the time to do. <laughs> and I've done some stunts since then. And there's some scenes in movies where you'll see actually odd jobs. I did a lot of my own stuff. And there's just some movies where it has to be you. And so I got mm-hmm. to like it. And I love stunt people. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I, I honor them. They, they are something else. It's a heck of a craft, for sure. I mean, oh. that's something you really got to. They deserve their own Academy Awards every single time. <laughs> Certainly. Um, so once you finish Flash, uh, the next uh, year you're working in a, a pretty big movie. You got uh, hired to do the movie Gung Ho. Uh, with, with Ron Howard and Michael Howard, Keaton. and we shot for five weeks in Buenos Aires, Argentina. No kidding, really? Yeah, because there was no at the time in that that year, which is like eighty five and eighty six. It was there was no American car factory willing to shut down long enough to make a movie. And <laughs> oh, well, they had okay. a car that was not recognizable to the American eye, and so there was a, a Fiat plant in Savelle, Argentina. The Savelle Fiat plant was struggling to stay open and keep the lights on. And so the company came in to say, well, then we'll just do it. And we made the bodies of a bunch of those cars and over welded them because a spot weld, I'm holding the big spot weld on a spring and it mm-hmm. clamped pitch well. You clap, clap, and it goes, and you got your thing on and all that. <laughs> Except, okay, everything, wind it back, back to one. And you got to weld in between them. Back to one. The thing about overwelding is it's not strong. You can overwhelm, <laughs> it starts to become like brittle and it can really? shatter. You go over a pothole and cut it off. And it just, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure you're responsible for some accidents down there. <laughs> they're selling some shoddy cards on Argentina right. over here. <laughs> we wondered if they sold them when we oh, split because there was oh, did. shit going on yeah. coming down there. They lost camera equipment through customs. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And a flex is, oh my God. And, you know, oh, yeah. 
Customs I'm sure they sold your cars as special editions, you know, how they <laughs> we were made, you know. Yeah, these yeah. Are special cars. Yeah. Right. Stars. The stars made this. Yeah. <laughs> all I can think of with all those welds is that scene where George Wentz painting a car and he's like, here, 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 not here, here, here. You got all these different welds. <laughs> <laughs> Back to one. Yeah. 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 Not all over the place. That, yeah. that must have been a, a lot of fun to work with all those guys. And then all exteriors out of sequence shot in Pittsburgh. Oh, no kidding. So the inside and the outside was all set up in different settings, you know? So we yeah, were quite uh, a, quite a gap between uh, locations there. Yeah. <laughs> Had to be from several weeks ago. Now we're all sweating and walking to the outside to our cars back in Pittsburgh again from the day we had several weeks ago, <laughs> you know, and a lot of times when you're working a movie, it's going to have to be that, you know, remember, look, look at this kid. Remember what you're saying? Mm-hmm. How'd you feel? Right. How do you feel? Walking out? <laughs> You know, yeah, 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 that's fun. So Michael Keaton was a, a really early, very influential example to me of a comedian who transitions very nicely into acting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Comedy uh, character acting. I mean, he's had he's night had quite shift, a night quite shift a masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, another mm-hmm. another wonderful Ron Howard film too. For him. Yeah. Yeah. My my honestly my favorite Michael Keaton movie that I love is The Paper, which Ron Howard also directed. He is uh, he is absolutely wonderful in that movie. Every the whole cast is just wonderful. The whole cast is. Yeah. He's got the chops, you know. And he was certainly a, does. A great stand up. You remember his stand up? Yeah, I vaguely because he was he didn't do it as long as as a lot of people did because it was really right. early on, so he had to catch yeah, some he, of those. He got busy and then you know off he goes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I mean. How many comedians can say I'm I'm still their favorite superhero? You know, he's he's the one that Batman that everybody says. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's my Batman right there. You know, right, right, right. Good for him. You know, all around. So Absolutely. you worked with um, in 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 these movies that like in Gung Ho and in Young Doctors in Love. Any of these movies? Did you do a lot of your own improv in that? Did you improv a little bit? cheating and do a little bit of improv in each one of them you know and so uh in beverly hills cop there's some improv we do very subtle you know just yeah. give, give him action uh, i gave eddie a line that he uses uh where he says uh you're gonna get these files out or the irs is gonna be looking so far up your ass with a microscope and it's gonna be one of those iron ones from science class <laughs> and i gave that's him that awesome. and, oh that's uh, a great line too Nice. Yeah, yeah. We'll get the files off for you. Just whatever you want, you know. So um, that wasn't a ton of improv, but there's little hints of stuff in there. And then there was improv in, uh, you know, in Young Doctors Eleven. I want to grease my body up like it's taking cold all over you. You know, that thing I did was the helium uh, the part. Uh, but and it's some physical shtick, physical shtick like in Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Harold Ramis would let us do improv. No, because um, he's a sec. He was a second city man, and so right. But it had to. Don't just go crazy here. It's got to be improv that still does this, this story, this scene. How do you how do you plate this in gold now? <laughs> but don't change it. Just make this gold. And so that's where the improv goes. Sometimes your improv is just in the little nuanced things you do to help sell the entire idea. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Flapjacks was an improv, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get us some flapjacks <laughs> with Bill Marino. That was a great scene. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, a wonderful, wonderful movie too. And uh, Harold Ramis, another. It gets written, rewritten back in by the script supervisor back in the script, so it winds up. Yeah. Being in the <laughs> <Bill> Reed. <laughs> a lot of stuff. They're coming up, and she's click, click, and you know, God bless her. She's right on top of it. She's in video building, <laughs> listening to the sound. You know, they're always sitting by the, they're watching the monitor and watching everybody's faces. And oh, that's different. Okay, uh, mm, okay, we don't have that in here. <laughs> So let's uh, let's let's uh, bring that conversation to Willow since that was our main focus this week. Let's talk a little Speaking about of that. Batman. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's now. Ron Howard directed Willow. He directed you in Gung Ho. Did that help get you that part in Willow? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I had a, such a good time with him, and I came back to have another great time working. Uh, uh, we we really Kevin Pollock and I had a a raucous time he was uh he would mess with me during takes where <laughs> How so? so, the brownies have to be so precise because there's nothing real around us we don't have trees and rocks and anything real it's all blue they didn't mm. even have the green set up yet and uh, we're barefoot, and so we got to feel for an X of tape on the ground where we stand, because you can't look down. You can't do that Spencer Tracy shit there, man. It looks like you're looking for your mark. <laughs> and you, you're in Video Village the moment before, and on the screen they have a winky-dink plastic thing laid over it and a grease pencil, and he's going, here's where the tree will be. You can't walk through that. See that? That's over there. <laughs> and you see this big rock here and they'll put a foam block that's roughly the same but don't get near it so you don't sort of walk through the edge of it yeah and things like that so and then but the whole time you have to do it you have to see it through the corner of your eye while you're looking up uh, uh, uh you know at whatever the danger is above us because we are we are mostly look up guys you know right because you guys are like what like two three inches tall or something like that yeah, so when they told me i was going to be 10 inches, 10 inches. I realized that <laughs> <laughs> oh no small parts only small actors uh, <laughs> exactly right right well they were important characters to the film i mean really they, they shared the quite record. a bit of screen time we held the record the most amount of shrunken spliced in people uh since darby o'gill and the little people so we <laughs> gave darby a run for their money yeah and, and it was and, and all the scenes are great i mean the the definitely the brownies were the scene stealers they were, oh they we certainly had in frick and frack for that you know yeah the, Kur okay. the kurosawa archetype dudes there yep from the fortress <laughs> the fortress and um we also uh it's the film that invented morphing yes yeah and i mean a, a huge technique because that's uh before that turn her into a human you know right the finn Rizel character went from the goat finn, to the human had goose and tiger and all that stuff right and, and there was no way to do that until morphing Right. So that's and, the first use of the technology. The second one is the uh, Michael Jackson. You're black, you're white, and the face shifts every time. Right. Oh. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. Because before that, computers like, were hardly used. Like the, whenever you see like the uh, Matrix freeze and rotate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that, one person uses it, and then suddenly the car company's using it and the sport. Right. Gap commercials. What? <laughs> Gap commercials, right. everything. Every, yeah. Oh, what's that? Get me that row of cameras. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, uh, Industrial Light Magic, who was the the special effects company that did all that stuff, 
they had yeah. uh, they were slowly being the ones that pioneered everything even before we, what we saw in Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park because they had used it a little bit in Young Sherlock Holmes a couple of years before when That's, Stained Glass Night came out. Yeah, the night, the hallucination night. Comes yes. Out, and that was the first, the real first use of fi- painting it in and filling it so it's not just the wire of the Death Star. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then they got... Like you know, Tron. No, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, Tron had that very, yeah, that early last, rustic thing. Last Starfighter. Last Starfighter, right, right. That mm-hmm. was another use of early, pretty yep. good use. Absolutely. And and then when, when Willow came along, here they are with the, uh, you know, the morphing and that. It, what do they call that when they, they blur every other frame in the stop action to sort of, they did it at first with Dragon Slayer. And I go motion. That. Go motion. Thank you. Yep. And uh, yeah, go motion for the Ebersisk. Yep. That, again, another fantastic, uh, uh, you know, creature they, they put in that. I love that dragon. Um, it was such a great moment in that film, too. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that the, the splice work with the little people was really good. Oh, fantastic! I mean, any, yeah. any of that Maddie fuzz around them, you know that. Oh, yeah. That. And it, it, what I loved about it too is it, this was a uh, you know before being a young kid, you know, I didn't really experience a lot of like prejudice and stuff. I didn't see a lot of it in person. That movie really kind of introduced it to you to a degree. Because you had the characters, the the ones that were called the pecs. And then you even even by, you know, the brownies were calling them that, you know, and even the the daikinis. And well, it's, it's the only accurate use of the word racism. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, humans are are they call them they say they're racist, but you're part of the human race. You hate yourself, then, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Melanin count doesn't change your race. Yeah. Yeah. You can take your liver. You're the same race. <laughs> it's true. And that's why the movie itself, when, when you really look at it, it, it shows that there's this tolerance because by the end of the film, even though there was sort of this, this sort of uh, the way they looked at the Nelwyn and how he wasn't anything at first and he becomes the hero at the end and, and saves everybody. And everybody's like, oh, he's the hero. You know, it, it changes sort of the view of the Daikini looking at the Nelwyn and even the Brownies, you know, they were looking more up at him than they were down at him from the beginning. So I always thought that was a really nice theme that, that came through. I think it really had a lovely message about tolerance. Oh. And the world was probably a little more open to it than America was to have a little person as a lead back then. We yes. are sub- much more open to it now. We've absolutely. grown up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. I think Don had to go in early and take the hit, the beach landing. And yeah. I think that's, <laughs> I think you can see that with a lot of, uh, you know, even George Lucas's movies, it's, a lot of them were ahead of their time. He was lucky with Star Wars that it hit at the right time. Uh, but I think a lot of his later stuff is looked back upon as seen as is much more groundbreaking now than it was when it came out. And right. Willow is no exception. I mean, it just really right. people people see it now in a, such a different light than they did back then, uh, which is wonderful. Um, and so the they, genre has been embraced in the interim, thanks to Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. Yeah. Because. Yeah, because at the time, fantasy wasn't making any money at the box office. The closest they had was Excalibur from a few years back, and that wasn't even a huge hit. It was uh, it was modest at best. Um, yes, so. but you remember Nicole Williamson? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff there. <laughs> 
So now how was it working on those sets? Like, so you're not working with any of the actors at all. You're not seeing any of them in, in the flesh. You're working. No. Just say, you and-, and I go, I hear it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they bring us there? It's just to right. hang out for five weeks. You can't use us in any of the shots. Would well, you think they have a magic way to actually shrink us in the shot there? <laughs> right. They don't. Oh, they would just let you be really far away. <laughs> the forced perspective. <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like, like 20 miles away. away. No, right. that's not how it works. Right. Um, <laughs> you that unless you're, you know, Fritz Lang, but uh, <laughs> or Jean yeah. Millet, but yes. uh, uh, <laughs> so I'm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we would spend five, pretty much seven days a week for five weeks at ILM up in San Rafael when it was still at that location in San Rafael. Right before it went to the Embarcadero and uh, we'd get up real early in the morning. We'd go to the Tucker stage. Cool. Yeah. Tucker stage was where they were building the cars that looked like the car factory there. Mm -hmm. They stripped it out and they put in giant blue and the ultimate style foam blocks. And we do the things where we have to run up the tree branch and down. And it's the basic line of the tree trunk as we're making our way and arguing through the woods and stuff like that and some of it we would jump off that damn thing and go flop down and sometimes the <laughs> stunt stunt guy would do it instead but we try to get our own way of doing it every time you know actors like put it that little the way a care your character would do it as opposed to the always stunt man version. <laughs> right, <laughs> right yeah so uh, while you were doing a lot of those scenes, they had like, you'd have the large scale sets where they'd build like, I remember the back of the wagon, seeing pictures of you on those sets. But we started, that was even, you know, that wasn't in the same spot. We would get in the van and head out to do one thing. And then it, the, they were in the area. Mm-hmm. And there were times we went outside and did a couple of things. They wanted the daylight, the sunlight on us. And so we'd be mm-hmm. in the parking lot, uh, standing around with the tall blades of grass around us. <laughs> and about which way to go yeah a lot of it some of it was outside yeah hmm. and i remember one day we we're shooting outside and there was the pod from inner space and they came and said does anybody want to take that home and no one had a place to put it. like oh. well, then it comes apart today at lunch so we're eating lunch and it's there so sad so yeah. sad. That, and that's such a great movie. I'm sad that it's, 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 it's go crazy for that one now. You know? I, I know. Absolutely. Oh, it's yeah. so sad. It, but back, you know, for a movie, it's you use it, you're done. What are you going to do with it? You know, you got to. Sometimes they don't last that long. It's the plywood and the sticky plastic comes up off right. the side. <laughs> you know, you'll see the Nostromo got restored because it's the Nostromo, but not mm-hmm. everything gets that treatment. Right. I know like the Ectomobile from Ghostbusters, there was a big uh, thing on that. The DeLorean from Back to the Future, they've restored those. Yeah, right. I've seen the Ecto a bunch. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's certain things that have gotten that treatment. But yeah, there's, uh, you know, a lot of things that haven't. and They sort of get lost. Was there anything from Willow that's left over? Uh, I got a padlock. You know, I take my spear and we Mm -hmm. release Matt Hardigan. You are sitting yeah <laughs> they gave me the padlock and i gave that to mike lacy at comedy magic down in hermosa beach and so there was a whole museum of fun things and he had that up oh, there that's cool oh nice what, what was that made of because that's a huge huge piece right i would 
<laughs> so easy to move, but it looked great. I mean, it looks like a, a large metal lock in the huh. movie. Yeah, just you know, you surface it with rough, bumpy paint so it looks like iron. Get that iron look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yep. love prop. I love you know the tricks of textures and things like that. Ever since Jerry Anderson TV shows as a kid, oh yeah, I uh, I've been a fan of the like uh, Martin Bowers paint work of the panel lines and the shading and things mm -hmm. like that, that he completely changed how everything else was painted afterwards. He's one yeah. of the most influential special effects people. No one gives him the credit for it. Everyone changed their style because of Martin Bauer. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Give everything a realistic look with the different tones of like, oh, the Enterprise has it. Now everything <laughs> has it. Yeah. Thanks hmm. to him. That's interesting. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I, what I love about that too is I love like miniature sets. I love seeing like the models that they build when they take the, like, the wide shots of like a, you know, a, some setting and things like that. Um, even in movies, like, I don't know uh, if Willow had as many of those. I know they had this, you know, the miniatures of the castles, you know, and things like that, that they would use, but. Oh, sure. You know. And um, I've uh, become really good friends with Joe Johnston because we, we met there and, and got mm -hmm. to be friends who love facts and stuff like that. Yeah, and he was uh, an associate producer on that film too. He was, and he was also working on the effects and the designs mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. And so, and he is, uh, I think one of the best directors around. Oh, but also absolutely. By far one of the best superhero directors. By oh, like Without a doubt. I will agree with you 100% on that because my favorite Marvel film is Captain America because that one is exactly the story that should have been told. That's how Captain America would, you know, came and he's an ethical guy, not a sociopath. Yeah. When he gets angry because you threw my mom on the ground, now I'm going to grab you by the collar and run you through people's apartments to the city. <laughs> right. Because I'm mad at you. So I'm going to kill families now because I <laughs> I see red and I don't care about human That's life. That's true. Yeah. 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 He certainly was. But even more so, my favorite. Uh, comic book adaptation of all time was directed by Joe Johnston, which was The Rocketeer. Uh, wonderful film, which you also appeared in. He uh, <laughs> he he called me. Says you want to you want to see the band shell scene? I said, Oh my God, yes, I do. And he goes, What are your sizes? I went, Oh, I gave him my sizes. We get down there. He goes, How oh, you want to you want to be in the film? <laughs> yeah, I want to be in the film. You want to be in the trailer? I said, How are you going to guarantee I'm in the trailer? You're saying the name of the film. Yep, that <laughs> is true. Oh, yeah, it's just yeah. one line, but it is yep. the name of the film. <laughs> yeah, you, you look up and you're like, it's the Rocketeer. <laughs> is he flying over the trailer? <laughs> it's Thank a great you. moment. Yeah, it's a great moment. I think I watched it a couple times and I, I, I didn't recognize you the first few times. And I finally was like, that guy looks familiar. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah that's uh, there he is. Rick Overton right there. So it's awesome that you even got to be involved. Yeah. In that. But Joe, watching I mean, this propane thing it looks like it should burn his ass it's it's <laughs> really it. it's really shooting fire yeah yeah that's and awesome huh? this dolly rig above and you gotta be so careful you don't start going uh oh oh shit back and forth <laughs> he's all tangled up now you know <laughs> that's you didn't sign up for the stunts for that one <laughs> you don't want to do that i one. would have i would have but that's his job uh, you know yeah. he's he spent the years working on that. That's his gig. Don't don't take a stuntman's job if it's yeah, their job. Certainly. Don't, and right. if you can do it and it's no big problem, then you do it. But if it's someone's job, no, you leave them that job. Don't let your ego take their work from them. Right. So you so you got to meet Joe Johnston on the set of Willow, and you guys got no. to 
just started talking. We're, and we're buddies to this day. That's fantastic. Oh, hey, nice. What a what a wonderful talent. I mean, he's he's a great great filmmaker. Made some really that wonderful films. Idea, and he used it in uh, in Captain America, where you know they're driving the six wheel Mercedes, mm-hmm. and he's trying to get to the landing gear of the bomber, mm-hmm. and they, but they're going to go off the edge of the the, the cliff, and he, so put it into all wheel reverse and spin <laughs> it around, reach it, so it just goes off the edge and does it because all the wheels are burning in reverse, you know, right. And, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a great moment too. like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. Geek, the geek in me does like, hee hee. That's all. <laughs> but that's the fun part because then you're like, when you watch it, you're like, yeah, I remember that. I came up with that idea. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. So on on Willow, so just kill, you know, just to, to kind of wind up uh, what we were talking about. Okay. You um, you were working with uh, Kevin Pollock. He played Rule, your your counterpart. You're basically. Your R two D two to your C three PO, if you will, right? In, in uh, arguing, bickering, you know, petty yeah, yeah, yep. Always, uh, you know, always bringing in the comic relief, but when needed, they're there to help and they get the job done. Always. <laughs> so, how how is working? You guys had you guys worked? You said you worked together before, right? You said uh, uh, previously in comedy. Yeah. Yes, we had also done Million Dollar Mystery, the film. <laughs> Closed De Laurentiis' doors forever. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, you know, it was pitched to us as, how would you like to be in the next mad, 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 mad world? Well, right. If put it that way. Certainly. Right. Hell yeah. As a kid, <laughs> one of my favorite films of all time. Sure. <laughs> Madcap zany chase comedy for crying mm-hmm. out loud. And it was my hero directing. Richard Fleischer. Oh, yeah, Richard Fleischer. Max Fleischer's son, the director of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Incredible Voyage and Spartacus. Mm. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. There, there weren't a lot of comedies on the list, though. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it yeah. was technically amazing. And then, you know, they would let us do some improv. We were doing some improv there, too. But mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just there's no time for it. Man. You're yeah. doing a running, trump, tripping over everybody's stunt, and it's just too yeah. much. And it just got clogged, right? By being too busy, you couldn't stay with anyone long enough to really get attached, you know. And that's yeah. so important as you stay with someone somewhere that you file you're following them through the other crazies. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why every sitcom has to have one normal person in the middle. That's the right. one you follow, and the neighbors come by and are crazy. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I love those those movies that have that madcap sort of you know flow to it with just crazy characters like uh radio land murders which was george lucas's uh right you know, sort of slapstick comedy or 1941 by george uh, yeah yeah Mad no, Cap, yeah 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 so there's there's they're fun to watch but i i you know it's it's tough to find that audience that that can get oh, behind them which is i think yeah. the unfortunateness of them but they're very they're very niche based because i think you can find there's that certain group that loves those sorts of movies and Sure. You know, Willow so how, how, how did it? How did you wind up getting on to Willow with Kevin? Did was one of you there first and recommended yeah. the other, or I recommended Kevin. You recommended him. So we funny heights, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. He's so good, and he mm-hmm. does any voice you give him. Mm-hmm. And we both do dialects, and you know why we had French dialects? Mm. We were designed by Jean Giraud. He has another name in animation terms, or I mean in uh, graphic novel terms, and that is uh, Mobius. Mm -hmm. He was a very famous 
graphic novel artist in the 70s and 80s uh, mm-hmm. in the magazine Heavy Metal or Metal or Long. Mm-hmm. Wow. The French, he designed Ripley's spacesuit in Alien, and he's done in tons of work, design, design work in films and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he designed us. But <laughs> he was being a little fussy and difficult about us. And they didn't like that Kevin and I got to contribute some of the Kevin came up with this rat hat head and his gag. He came up with the he's bald at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great moment. Up with the, I'm sort of a yuppie at the time. Yuppies were like a thing. And I was going to be a yuppie douchebag because he thinks he's king of the world. So he's like a yuppie. Right. And uh, crown for spike hair. And I took yeah. this rat. their kangaroo skins, which was weird, but uh, <laughs> Well, hopefully a car hit him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> mercifully. And uh, so, but I would take the, it's a rat skin for me. And I took the two sleeves and I, like, remember when people used to wear the sweater with the two things kind of like this, the yeah. douchey mm-hmm. they had. I just wanted to be that kind of douche, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's great. But then uh, we uh, first were very French like this, uh, but uh, it was too out to understand that. So we made it more like uh, Quebecois. This other French uh, sounder from uh, Canada. <laughs> did, they, did they speed up your voices or was that you guys doing your own? Were you doing the helium voice? Both. Oh, so you kind of had... It was a little bit like this the whole time. And then it, they, they can <laughs> pick it up a little bit. But the... Uh, <laughs> I'm 67 now. It doesn't oh, go away. Right. That's okay. That's a... <laughs> so direct, so, direct... I was going to say, director-wise, director they just let you roll with it, how you were doing it with the French Yeah, accent. no point. You got to get certain things done. You got to hit beat A, B, C. The shot is because you're working in something that's already pre-shot that goes that speed. Mm. By the time we're doing everything, we're added into something that has its own pace and speed established. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. There's moments that just cut away to us that are ISOs, and we mm-hmm. can play in that a little more. But once it's in a blended scene, you got to run with that scene and time it right. Does oh, that make it more? Mark, is that it more difficult? Out of you're out of register with a shot. Does that make it more right. difficult with that sort of setup, where you're trying to match the pace? Sometimes, yeah, right. It was oh. something you got to learn. Then you know yeah. you get better, and it's not so difficult. You get right. good at it. But it was our first time doing a lot of that, so you right. know we kind of you know learn as we go. Right, and with yeah. that French accent, sound you could you could get the words out quicker for some reason. It just seems like it. You know, having maybe, that little French accent maybe just that was it. Maybe, more maybe. playful. You know, yeah, it just, it just goes <laughs> more playful and that's, right. that's, that's the excuse I'm using from here on in. That's there you right. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, now when you when you finished up uh, production on Willow and, and the movie's finished, it's ready to open. You guys are at the premiere. You get to see. You, you find is this where you finally really get to hang out with the rest of the people that were in the movie, yeah. and you're able to <laughs> and it post and it and loop days. Right. Yeah. They yeah. Don't, up and waiting out there for their turn and you know some of them came in from england and so they're all sitting out there and having donuts and whatever coffee and <laughs> out the area where we're looking through the glass at whoever's in there doing the recording and you can sort of see some of the scenes of the beep 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 and you <laughs> do your line again and you loop over it yeah yeah huh. adr they call that right that's fantastic. So at least when you got to meet him, that must have been kind of neat because you were probably like, hey, I feel like I know you, even though we didn't work together. <laughs> we were we were together. Yeah, well, not everybody was there on the same day. And then later yeah. they were there for certain publicity events and things like that. That's when we yeah. got to really 
sit and chat for a moment. And Val was busy doing the next thing, you know. So right, right, oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then uh, there was a big uh, toy line that came off of the movie too. Yeah, not right. us though, not the brownies. Yeah. Because if, right. if it's this big, we're this <laughs> right. big. They're not making this into a toy. Right. That's a, as a what you know, that's a huge lawsuit. Make a toy this big. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's I still, too, you know, too bad you couldn't get like a big plush toy or something. You know what yeah. I mean for the kids out of it, or yeah. even like a a life sized figure for kids to play with and say, "Hey, something, I have my own know. brownie to carry around in a satchel pouch." Well, wouldn't that have been super duper? <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Didn't that happen. Fun. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Would now because it's not about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think give it some time. You might see it now with the the new series coming to Disney Plus. It's the reinvigorated uh, appreciation for the movie. I think sure. maybe you'll see a a revitalization yeah. of figures and stuff. Never know. Yeah. Of course, the Mandalorian isn't using lots of the old gang, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. That, well, nowadays true. people just print you on a three D printer, anyways. If they can't get your character, they'll make one. You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they'll find a way to get one out there. Yeah. They do it at home, home built. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. So, all right. So, what? Um, uh, anybody got any other questions? We'll, we'll probably start wrapping up our, our interview. Yeah, no, go for the no. evening, but um, no, would you, uh, let, what, let's plug it again, though. Uh, yeah, let's plug it. That yeah, that the Rick Overton's set list is the special. Again, you can get it on Hulu. You can get it on Amazon Prime, iTunes, ComedyDynamics.com, uh, Google Play, all sorts of places you could rent or own. All improvised. All improvised, all done. And it's funny, funny, funny. Definitely worth your time. Definitely worth the watch. You should take a look. Um, check out any of these specials. Anything else you're doing that you want to um, promote? Or, or uh, Well, uh, I'm on, you know, at Rick Overton on Twitter. Excellent. Yeah, all right. I'll definitely be following you. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for sharing yeah, great Rick, stories. Rick, it's been awesome. Thank you so much. Likewise. I love and, it. And, uh, when, Time travel Absolutely. like this anytime. Guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely love to have you back because I know I, there's questions yeah. and shows I want to talk about, like amazing stories. I'd like to get more into gung ho with you. So uh, some of the other yeah. stuff. More to yeah. do. A lot Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we will be in touch, Rick. Definitely. Yeah, but thanks I, so much for sharing these stories with us. And thank you for you giving me your time and uh, helping me promote the special. Very Absolutely. much appreciated. And I'll see you on the next one. Thanks again. All right. All right. Great. Thanks thank lot, you. Rick. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Guys, very good. Awesome. Wow, what a lot of fun that was, huh? Yeah. All right. Wow, what a what a great interview with uh with Rick Overton, huh? So a lot of fun. That was awesome. Really great guy. It was uh it was really interesting stuff he shared with us. We he definitely got to have him back, you know. Yeah, and you know what? A down to earth guy. That it was absolutely. just like talking to a buddy. I mean, it was uh, absolutely. I, yeah, I definitely did not feel like I was talking to this person that does all these really you know, these big movies and this and that. I just no, felt like I was talking to some not. dude next door, you know, no, while we're mowing cool. our lawns we stop and have a conversation. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. And the body of work that he's done that you really oh. didn't realize until you really start looking and, and talking and chatting and seeing Absolutely. He's done. And, you know, he's been in every movie that we love, but did we recognize yeah. him? And now you go back and like, oh, that was him. That was him. That was him. Right. Oh, absolutely not. No, exactly. No, that's, oh. that's uh, awesome. Even going down his IMDb, I forgot he was in Beverly Hills Cop, and then he brings that up, and you're like, oh, yeah, crap, you were in that, too. Jesus, man, you were, like, everything. You know? <laughs> it's awesome. 
So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's, uh, why don't we just plug ahead? We'll, we'll keep going down our week, uh, see what's going in, uh, going on in the eighties. And, uh, so since we're talking about Willow, we'll continue in with movies and stuff. Um, sure. and talk about some of the top stuff that was, uh, happening there. So, but I, I mean, just again, Willow being the big movie this week, that was when they first, you know, uh, were touting this movie. I mean, again, it was supposed to be the big movie of the summer and they were really trying to, um, you know, start the franchise like we were talking with uh, with uh, Rick about. So talking about those big movies, the top movies of the week, um, the uh, let me go down the top 10 like we usually do, see what the, the big movies are. Um, so this week, uh, the number one movie is Willow, which is pretty sure. cool. So, so it came in this week uh, with a little over eight million, almost eight and a half million, uh, which in '88 is nothing to sneeze at. So that's a pretty decent opening uh, weekend. Number two, which is another movie that uh, was a, a big sequel, I guess, at this time, was uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Um, this was part uh, seven, The New wow. Blood. So if you recall, I, say, that I knew we had to be up there at this point. <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know. I can't remember which one this was, but I do remember the poster because I, I didn't watch. I remember the first couple of these, but towards the end, I don't remember too many. Yeah, it's about three is about all I can remember. I don't think yeah. I went all. I, I'm surprised in 88 that they're already up to seven. You know? Right. Yeah. Because it started like in 80 or 81. So, I mean, they're already jamming out these things like almost one a year. But I remember the poster had like the brand new looking mask. Like it was all clean and shiny and it was like a that was the one thing about it i do remember but but this came out this is actually in its second week uh or i'm sorry the first uh it was number one the week before it's in its second week this week um so it was uh three three point four million for this one uh number three is a movie colors remember this movie big mm-hmm. big controversial movie when it came out it was <laughs> robert duvall um and sean penn uh, it's two cops in New York, and it was a lot of uh, about racism and this and that. And I remember right. Ice T had the big hit song there, "Colors." He rapped that; it was a pretty big deal. Um, number three, still on the charts. Now, this is a movie. Here we are in May, so this movie came out in uh, March. So here we are, a few months, couple months later. Uh, Beetlejuice, uh, number, ah, number yeah, four. There you go. Out the, I mean, up at this point, this was at. You know, a little over two and a half million this week, and it's it's uh, garnered about fifty eight million uh, to date at this point. So it's a pretty pretty sizable hit for nineteen eighty, and I, I'm pretty sure the budget for that was pretty small. So it wasn't like a you know a, a budget that needs to make two hundred million like movies today. No, but obviously it came out at number one, right? When it did. Oh yeah, when it came out, I'm pretty sure it was pretty high up in the the charts. So, but, now, but still, to be in the top five after three months almost. Now is that there, are they redoing that? Is that one that we're, they're redoing? I, you know, there's always a rumbling of a sequel. You always hear, oh, they're doing good. Yeah, on okay. and off for about the last 30 years, I've heard yeah. nothing <laughs> has happened. Yeah. I don't think anything at this point. Right. Really. And you know what? Don't. It, at just this point, don't. You, you know should. what I mean? Don't do it. Just, just I mean, don't. Yeah, don't do something. <laughs> right. don't, don't mess with it. That's when they yeah. come out with something like, yeah, we're going to remake it and it'll be the same yeah. story. <laughs> not, but. <clears throat> That, that's always the problem is you, if you remake it and you try to make it the same story, it's never as good because you're it's all you do when you watch it is compare it to the original. Right. Well, and I think we, we've talked to him like, and here we are, you know, talking about gung ho and all these comedy movies mm-hmm. and all these kind of fun movies that Michael Keaton was in. And then here we are a year before Batman comes out and we're like, right. I just 
can't see him playing a serious, you know, role as this hero as Batman. And we all have, we're kind of skeptical about it. And he's probably our favorite Batman. So it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Like we said, he is probably still to this day, the favorite Batman. A year. And then to Batman, it's like, you must, um, yeah, he he made a big impact because it was such a, a huge switch from, the comedy that he was doing yeah. in a serious role and we believe him. And so that was right. kind of, yeah. forgot that he'll do. So you're really thinking, yeah, we went right from that into, into Batman. You're like, eh, okay. Yeah. At All this right. point, we're just a, a little over a year away from that coming out. Right. So, yeah. And you know, funny enough, Kyle, I was just mowing the lawn earlier today and I was listening <laughs> to a great podcast. Uh, and I caught the episode <laughs> of us uh, doing Batman uh, I think it was episode three or four. Yeah, but, it was. It was a really I mean, great podcast. Your really? uh, your co-host is a prick. I know, but <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I was just and we went over and over Batman at that time and yeah. uh, just uh, the fact that Michael Keaton's our Batman, you know, yeah. what I mean? and every Batman sense is just not really lived up to it even even uh today and you i think in that episode i heard you were saying there's a new one coming out oh yeah yeah it's coming out next uh, that, in uh beyond Affleck, beyond the Affleck. yes yes and, uh, with, with uh, uh the the kid from the twilight movies there uh, robert pattinson yeah it, it looks interesting uh, i'm i'm definitely you know check it out but we'll see you know yeah see how it compares and how it holds up yeah but back <laughs> then man when that hit that was it that, yeah you're right and, and now I'm not as skeptical because of that, because we, you know, you saw Michael Keaton take the role and like, ah, oh, he did a great job. Now mm-hmm. it's like, I'm like, ah, oh, so-and-so is going to be Batman. I'm like, all right, I'll give him a shot. I'll give him a that's, shot. And that's George, how I feel. And then I'm like, oh no. Yeah. George <laughs> Clooney. You're like, eh, that one. Right. Like, <laughs> maybe that, that rule doesn't apply anymore. I don't know. But yeah. So, so Beetlejuice. Um, yeah. It was just great. And another, still a great movie. Yeah. Another absolutely. Movie. Number five this week was a movie called Shakedown. Remember this one? Probably not, right? They had uh, starred uh, Sam Elliott and um, uh, Peter Weller, who played RoboCop. Uh, so uh-huh. it was a, an action movie about these drug cops, you know, taking down some uh, criminals. Uh, it was, uh, this was, uh, they, it came in at number five this week with uh, a little over 1.2 million. So not a huge hit, but no, but looking back, those actors, I mean, you think, Hey, you go, that sounds good. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Put them both in a movie like that. Yep. Uh, Next up was actually a pretty big hit from that year was, uh, and I think it'd been out for a while at this point um, was the movie Moonstruck starring Cher. Oh, Oh, Cher. Cher. (laughs) Yeah. She was, (laughs) this was a big hit because she, she, I think she got the Oscar for this. with her yeah. and Nicolas Cage uh, starring in this. And this was, at this point, uh, had made $73.9 million. So wow. a really sizable hit for... Right. More than Shakedown. That's surprising. More, <laughs> more than Shakedown. Shakedown only at $8 million at this point. So. Number seven this week, Above the Law, Steven Seagal. Here he is. This was like one of the his first big hit, I believe. Nah, that's a classic. That's, that's the one where they snapped the arms, right? Yes, I That's believe, yes. Arm snapping movie. When you're a kid, you go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Cracking. Yeah. Right. It's classic stuff. Yeah, above the law. This was, nice. a, but this was the first movie that really launched his career. So it was a pretty right. big, uh, big deal. But that, this one was at 17 that, and a half million. 
all the ones after that are, are three word uh, titles as well until he gets to under siege, I think. Yeah. And then it's two words. <laughs> and then I think now it's one. It's just down to letters at this point. Yeah. Now it's just unemployment. That's just the one, one word. <laughs> Not deployment, yeah. This is the one. Uh, number eight, Salsa. That was a movie, and which this was uh, based on a dance because uh, Dirty Dancing was a hit the year before. So everybody's trying to make a dancing movie. So not the, as, not the food. Not, not the food. Just so we're clear. That's, right. Uh, right no no chips in this one. Right. I know? remember I remember when it came out, that was big because Salsa. It was like, yeah, that was the big, the uh, Hispanic, uh, the dance fad. I mean, that yep. came in and... I mean, for the next five years, we we went into Ricky Martin at some point, didn't we, after that? That was around 99. That was the Latin explosion. Okay, yeah. so that's another whole decade we got to work Yeah, almost okay. only, yeah, 11 years later about, yeah. But so it, and Miami Sound Machine were starting up, and I think one of the top, her top songs was this this week in 88. I can't remember ooh. the name of it, but yeah, so they were, they were starting, to, starting to kick it in a little bit, yeah. so. Yeah, Miami Sound Machine was a pretty big deal. So, yeah. I guess there was a little Latin explosion at the end of the 80s, and then it came at the end of the 90s. Mm, trends. Interesting. Maybe there's right, some prediction of what's coming okay, up. Okay, all right. Um, number nine this week was Biloxi Blues, which oh, is actually a uh, sequel, I believe a sequel, to um, really? Brighton Beach Memoirs. This is a Neil Simon movie. Uh, so he these are his plays that were made in the movies. Yeah. Um, this was starred Matthew Broderick, um, and it was just a comedy about being in, um, you know, being in the military uh, at this point. Uh, like he had the first movie, um, Brighton Beach Memoirs, was sort of his growing up, his youth, and then his time in the army uh, in Biloxi Blues. So was that a, was that a movie before? Brighton it was a play. Okay, there, um, yes, so. Brighton Beach was a movie okay. as well, but different actor. Oh. Um, I believe it was uh, shoot, what's that guy's name? He's in Weekend at Bernie's. Um, oh yeah. You know the guy I'm talking McCarthy? about. McCarthy? Not McCarthy, yeah. the other guy. The other guy. Uh, Silverman. I, I believe it was him. Uh, the guy with the dark hair. I'm pretty I sure remember Galaxy Blues. That was, I mean, I liked that movie. That was, yeah. you know. That was, that was Broderick. Matthew Broderick played Yeah, that. absolutely. That was a good one. Yeah. Number 10 this week was The Last Emperor, uh, which was that movie about the last emperor of China. This was the movie that pretty much swept the Oscars next year. Uh, it took like every major award. This was like the big one. So didn't make a ton of money at the box office, but was one of those critical darlings that just, you know, uh, for that uh, it's remembered for. So just a, a quick round off on the top movies. 11 was Good Morning Vietnam, which I'm sure at some point we'll talk about it in, in the future, uh, which came yeah. out this at this point. This this at this point had made 118 million, so it, it was a you know already a hit. So it'd been out for a while at this point. I think it came out like in January or something of that year. Oh, is that why it was pushed to 11? Because I mean, how did that yeah push salsa? Yeah, that makes sense. yeah yeah. It's it's been out for a while at this point. So, and then uh you know uh, just beneath that number 12 was Three Men and a Baby. This one was even bigger hit at 162 million at this point. So that had been out for a while as well. I think it came out actually in 87. Like the end of 87 was still playing in the top, you know, 15 at this point, which is pretty right. impressive. So just to add that, those last couple of Everyone's years. going back to the theater to see the, the kid behind the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> right. Was it a kid or was it Ted Danson cut out? There was always that 
that uh, mystery about that. So yeah. we'll, we'll definitely probably hit that when we talk more about that. When, uh, we hit that week. So yeah, but that yeah, that's that rounds out the movies for the week. So um, in TV, I do actually have one show that premiered this week, and typically this time of year, yeah, and don't have too many shows that uh, that come out. Um, this is actually a pretty interesting show. Uh, Don, you'll remember it. It was a it was a show uh, from Jim Henson called The Storyteller. Oh yeah, um, it debuted um, that Sunday, um, I believe the fifteenth or wait not the uh, the twenty first or twenty second I think or some or whatever it was in that week. I think we started, yeah, the end of the week, so it'd be the twenty second. Um, so this was uh, or twenty yeah twenty second. So it, it came out and it was uh, um, starring John Hurt as the storyteller. So he would come out. And all his prosthetic makeup looking like this sort of elderly gentleman. And he'd have his, little, his dog, uh, which was a, a puppet from Jim Henson Studios. And he would tell these stories with his dog. And they were basically old, like, legends and fairy tales uh, that he would kind of... Uh, I forgot uh, you know, all about that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They, they reenact them. So they'd kind of act them out with puppets and, and shadow and silhouette. And regular actors would, would uh, mix with the puppets. It was a wonderful show. Um, I actually watched it not long ago, and it's still still a pretty whimsically uh, fun show. Um, I still enjoy it. Uh, and it was one of the ones, I remember an interview with John Hurt saying that was one of his favorite roles to play was the, the storyteller. Yeah. He really enjoyed playing that character because he just, he didn't have to do much. He said he just kind of got to play like just any way he wanted. They weren't like restricting him. They just bring him in, he'd put in the makeup and he'd just kind of go do and, and do his thing. Yeah. Oh, and, really cool. But it's it's a it's a great show. It didn't last long. This was a show that I think it's weird. If you look at the the production schedule from it, it lasted for a couple of years, but it only produced about eight episodes. So they they aired, I think, in the the summer, maybe like four or five, and then they held over a few episodes that they aired like for specials on Sundays, like over the next year. Um, so they finally like finished off the show, the eight episodes, over the course of like a year or something. It took a while, but. Um, they did. They did uh, air them all, and then it they, it kind of spun off into another series called uh, Storyteller Greek Myths, with um, Michael Gambon, uh, who's best known as playing Dumbledore in the Harry Potter movies. But he uh, he was the storyteller in that one, uh, and he told the Greek myths uh, through that. But both stories were uh, both shows were were similar in their their storytelling, but wonderful uh, series. So I thought that was a cool one to see because I remember the day that debuted. I remember being in front of that TV to watch that show. Uh, because a it was Jim Henson so I'm like anything Jim Henson did it was just like you just had to watch so I it was a Sunday night when it debuted uh, I remember that it was like seven o'clock on a Sunday uh, sitting there and watching that that was a, a pretty big deal right cool and, B, and B you had that channel yeah, yeah that, it was NBC <laughs> yes <laughs> out of the three channels that we got I had that one <laughs> That's absolutely true. The tinfoil and the antenna, and you had you and your brother and sister hold one side the other, and then you could watch it. And then yeah. you could, we, we did. We lived in the middle of friggin' nowhere, so we were lucky if we got any channels. It when when it stormed, you we were lucky to get one channel during the, a, a bad winter storm. Right. I was gonna say, if there's a show called like Tito and the Man, Kyle's like, I was there the day it premiered because I only had three channels, so. If it was, yeah, if it was on a major network, right. and some, I probably right. was watching it. You I know, remember all tell. three episodes of Freddie and the Rock. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, we, we had we had 
it's such a low uh, right. amount of entertainment. Not a lot of options back in the day. Not a lot of options. <laughs> no. Now, when you, lived, not. when you lived in the Valley of the Falls, you had 13 channels. Yeah. When you lived up on your hill, yep. you know what I mean, with your antenna, you had three. We were like, what, like, Shoot five, them on opposite, but. like five miles or something apart, but it was like this. You know, yeah, we were too yeah. high up, I guess, in elevation. Too to high up. You're above the channels. You're above. <laughs> Every time you smile, you're like, "What are you gonna miss?" You know, what's what's gonna happen? Will I right. get that? You know, the click, click, click. And yeah, yeah. Or if you got that UHF channel, you have the two dials. You had to, you got it on one, and then you can start turning the second one with the the higher. I don't think that never worked. I think that was no. just there. You know, I think I don't think it did anything. It was just to give you something to do while you're trying yeah. to get static. Right. Well, that's how they get you. They're like, there's two channels. If you look hard enough, you'll find the second one. You'll yeah. find them. You, you just, right. say, just wait. If you got enough aluminum foil, son. If you got enough aluminum foil. <laughs> but I, I knew, like, if I invited friends over, I think they were always like, uh, I don't think you have any good TV. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I got a VCR with a thousand tapes. So don't worry. Right. We had that. That was yeah. the the appeal, the draw. We're like, we hope you like that. movies. You had that right <laughs> We only had one, Romancing the Stone, Empire Strikes Back, and Blame It on Rio. That was the only <laughs> one. And then just we watched on loops. I mean, well, I guess we didn't really watch Blame It on Rio, but Romancing the Stone and Empire Strikes Back was the only, and the top-loading VCR, that's all we had. Oh, a beautiful thing. <laughs> thousands of dollars to borrow it, and then we had that one tape. So well-versed right. in the classic. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Storyteller, <laughs> wow, that's... <coughs> about that um, yeah it's crazy well, stuff here's to bring up some some memories it's really that's yeah yeah check it i know at one point it was on prime you could watch it um i know it goes in and out on a lot of the streaming channels but if it's out there watch it. i, I rewatched it it was it was really great i think i appreciate it more now than i did when it was on because i get it a little more well and a lot of times too we're looking at like you know you're talking about william hurt and you're talking about you know all these actors that we've kind of known throughout the years but didn't know back then like who they really were right you yeah and really appreciate their body of work and then to go back and watch them you just have a whole new look on it and a yeah. whole new feel for those for those stories that they're telling the actors what what they're doing um yeah it's really kind of neat like holy crap yeah. i didn't know that was him you know, yeah kind of go rick overton like now i go back and watch these movies i'm like that's him, you know. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. Yeah. Thing, you know, and all the different, you know, parts he's been in. It's just kind of. You now, when I watch that, I'll appreciate it so much more. Absolutely, definitely, for sure. All right. Um. So yeah. So that was big TV thing. No sketch bear this week is no SNL, but yeah, we had at least uh, yeah, 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 a new right. TV show, which I was pleased to see that <laughs> there was at least something in that respect. Um. Uh, why don't we move into, um, I've got toys and video games up next. How about that? I can talk a little about toys. Yeah, sounds good. The big toys of the of the uh, the week. Well, this this time, this is always kind of a little fuzzy because I don't know exactly when these the toys are released. Just kind of, I look at what sales were kind of doing at that time. So um, let me see. Uh, I'll go down my list here. We have some of the newer toys that were coming out. There was a, a doll called Baby Grows. So it was a, a doll. Uh, I guess it started out at about 12 inches. It, it, wait, wait, wait. It did yeah. grow, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It did. All right. It so, with the name, I was hoping. It, it starts out as, as basically a nine-month-old infant. Right. And you, you pull the legs and the arms and stretch it out so that it gets taller. I didn't even have one of these. Right. <laughs> 
So <laughs> yeah, that's becomes, probably not a good learning tool for other children. <laughs> I want my baby older. Yeah, I'm gonna start stretching. Yeah. It's like taffy. I'm gonna <laughs> but it's supposed to be four years old by the time right. you wow. stretched it out. That's a big but, jump from infant to four years old. Yeah, I guess and, and if you got sick of the four-year-old, you just shrink her back down to nine was, months. You're like, I'll start over. That was totally a scam to get you to buy more baby clothes. <laughs> you had to buy different sizes. They call them Johnny Long Legs. <laughs> so that, and that was $24.99 at the time, which yeah. is you know, uh, pricey, I guess. You know, if you think about it, 1988. You know? I guess nowadays that would be probably about a $50 to $60 doll, maybe. Yep, that's why I didn't have it. Anything <laughs> Too much. I might have gotten for Christmas, but that was about it. <laughs> um, up uh, next one up that was kind of getting hot at this point um, was the Funwich Factory. Ooh. So this was from Play School, ran for twelve ninety nine, and it was basically like a Play Doh set, not Play Doh. It was a different company, and you can make like you can actually take. Um, actually not even uh, Play-Doh, I'm sorry. It's actually bread. You take a piece of bread and you stick it in this thing. You press it down and it puts a shape on the, the actual bread. So if you, you remember that, that Play-Doh fun factory where you, you squish it down and the, the shape came out at the other end? Yeah. This you're putting the bread in and you're pressing it down and it's putting a shape on the bread. So well, then you can eat it. Oh, you just eat the pressed out. I mean, you can eat too, but that you really weren't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't have eaten it, but yeah. It would put like Mickey Mouse's face on there or something. You'd, uh, you'd get that. I guess it would make lunch more fun. So they're not still making these, are they? I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I hope not. Um, next up, we've got uh, Fashion Star Phillies from Kenner. These were $10.99 each. This was sort of a spinoff of My Little Pony. Um, so it was that it was ponies, but they were more of a uh, like a, you dress them like more like a tall horse, not like a pony. So it's like a regular horse. You get the comb. You still do the same kind of crap where you brush their hair and stuff. You didn't stretch but, these ponies out. No, no. Ponies, these were just so was, regular was, size. That was OK. <laughs> I guess I had a Barbie doll size horse, you know, not like a, a little my little pony size. Um, also coming out was a. The Power Wheels fire truck. So, you know, those things you sat in and you could drive them around. I, I never had one, but it was, yeah. I was too old by the time he started coming out. But this was a uh, $229.99. This was uh, retailing at. So, yeah, that, yeah, this was the rich family who were buying this. Uh, yeah, that's like FAO Schwartz prices right this, there. Yeah. $229. Yes. In 1988. Yes. Yeah. Crazy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, that's. You can buy a Power Wheels now for like a two hundred bucks, and I mean that's you can buy a car in nineteen eighty eight for two hundred twenty nine dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's um, I'm like the video game systems were fifty or hundred or something, right? I right? mean that was yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, um, other one we that was out around this time was a Mo Mountain Monster for nineteen ninety nine. This was eighteen tires. This this vehicle had. And it would run, you could drive it over any terrain, apparently. It had a controller with it, a wired controller, and you could just uh, climb over obstacles with it. And 18 tires, I guess it could almost go vertically at times. So that was sort of the, I don't know how well this thing sold, but. I was going to say, what that, what that some bitch cost? That one tires, was uh, you know I mean? 1999. So 1999. 
229. Yeah, that's what I would have got. Right. Yeah. Four, four, 14 tires less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, a couple other ones, real quick. Uh, we have Oliver and Company plush toys for the new movie from Disney. Those were 15 bucks a piece. So some of the little characters, you get a little stuffed character. And uh, a big one, uh, this one's for the uh, the boys out there, Transformers Optimus Prime. This was a different Optimus Prime. This one had a more substantial back so that it could actually be like connected to him. So you transform the regular truck front and then you'd have the back that would sort of connect to him and like build up his armor or something like that. So uh, it was a Power Master. Yeah. Power Master Optimus Prime. It's just when they start getting plastic versus the metal... Yes, this you was the plastic, I, mean? they, I believe. Yeah. Start cheapening it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, to kind of, you know, <laughs> keep, it, keep it a little bit. Um, Pee Wee Herman talking dolls are starting to become hot uh, at this point, too. Uh, so they were, uh, uh, those were retailing at $27.99. And did you the have power, one? Did you have I never one? had one. No. I feel like I knew someone I had one, but I, I didn't because I didn't want it, but. <laughs> I remember seeing one, but I can't remember who. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I knew someone that had one, but yeah, I never had one myself. But it was Mike. Is your cousin Mike? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> he might have. He, he might. He might curse you for that one. I'm sure he will. <clears throat> uh, last up, just real quick, there was another Power Wheels out. The Power Wheels Corvette was out too. Okay. Uh, this was this was real retailing for 139.99. So this one was. Considerably cheaper than the fire truck at two twenty. Why? Because it didn't have fire hoses or something like a siren on it. What? I guess it didn't have. It had. Uh, the, it was a lot smaller. The, that one you could fit two people in. This one you can only fit one. That's. Cool. I guess that. Okay. So if you want to drive your buddies around, you got to buy the the fire truck at two thirty. Yep. And... Bummage. <laughs> Breaking the bank, guys. I couldn't but... afford that today. <laughs> so much. But yeah, there's there's some toys, some of the hot toys at that point in the eighties. Um, so let's yeah, let's let's kind of roll into video games. What sort of video games were we looking at this time of year, Rich? What did you see? Uh, <laughs> yeah, video games were pretty big in 1988. Yeah, we saw Absolutely. a lot of sequels, uh, Dragon Quest three, hmm. Super Contra, uh, oh. Super Mario Brothers two, Mega oh, Man two. Super Mario Brothers 2 is my favorite Mario Brothers. I don't know why, but I always liked that one. And you know what part I liked was that stupid creature that blew the eggs at you, shot the eggs at you. You had to jump on the egg, pick it up, and then throw it at it. It took me forever to learn how to do that. <laughs> I remember playing that game over and over, never figuring that part out. But once I mastered that, I liked play. I would go back and play that over and over. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, what do we have? Super Mario Brothers 2, Mega yep. Man 2, Double Dragon 2, a lot of two. Oh, Double Dragon At this two. point, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, it, what, we're at 80, because the, the system came out around 85, right? That was so, mm -hmm. by the time a lot of these first games came out, it's probably 86, so they were probably ramping up the sequels in 88, so that makes sense. Right, and, and Super Mario Brothers 3, so they obviously they're pumping Holy them crap. out at this point. Yeah, right. Well, oh, I think, though, 3 was only out in japan at this point because be. the, because there was a movie that came that comes out called the wizard with fred savage ah, if you yeah, remember that yeah yeah that was in i think that was either early 89 or something and that one was where they debuted footage <coughs> from mario 3 for any for the americas because at that point it had been in japan but not in america so they debuted it in that movie it was a right. big deal 
And if you think about that movie, like looking back at that movie, they had the big video game contest. Yes. You got to play to win. Nowadays, these kids are making millions of dollars Dude. playing I video mean, games. Uh, I mean, so it was ahead of its time in that sense. Yeah. But uh, I mean, for the next 20 years, it didn't make any sense. Right. Nowadays, you're like, well, yeah, because these yeah. kids are these <laughs> kids. Kids are not rolling out of bed. And they're making millions of dollars playing video games. <laughs> yes, you know? it's true. So, I mean, and it's it, amazing. My like, it blows my mind when my I see my kids like they're watching like YouTube videos of somebody playing a game. I'm like, yeah. well, why don't you just play yeah. the damn game? But they're right. watching somebody right. play a game. I'm like, but that's their generation. It's what they're doing. I, right. You know, and I was looking on Roku TV, and there was like, let me. There was a channel about uh, playing uh, Fortnite. Let me yeah. show you how to play Fortnite. And I'm like, what the hell? And <laughs> the daughter's like, okay, why? And, she, and they're like, I'm cutting down a tree and I'm going to get more wood and I'm going to get, she's like, hold on, I got to watch this. And I'm like, what are you watching? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? I, mean I, I don't even want to say go out and play. I'm like, just right. go play your own video game. Right, you know? go play the game. <laughs> I'm gonna watch them on YouTube playing outside. That's easy. Yeah, that yeah I watch sure. somebody play outside. I, was I, like, I, I can't even believe it, but it, it's happening. So yeah, it's you're true, right. Man. I mean, and I don't but, know if that's, uh, I, I do remember going to like the arcade to play some of these games and I couldn't stand it when someone would stand behind you. Oh God. Yeah. Play the game. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I need to go down that tunnel. I'm like, yeah, I'm playing this for the first time. I want to enjoy it. And they're telling you how to do this. And I'm like, so it never was a fun yeah. experience when you're in the arcades. And when finally you're at home, now you're playing the game. Now you're like, shit, where's that guy from the arcade to tell me how to get past this, you know, this next <laughs> level. I can't get past it, but yeah, right. I don't know. That that's a whole new perspective that in the eighties we weren't thinking about it. We're gonna watch videos of someone else doing something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 if I watch somebody play a video game, it was because yeah, I'm waiting behind them at the arcade, or yeah. I'm waiting for my turn to play Nintendo right. or something. You know, it definitely you wasn't because I'm telling me how to play right. I'm like, I'm just having fun. You know, I'm crashing into right. stuff. Right. You know. No, no. Yeah. You want to go for secret passage? I'm like, no. I'm gonna take this left turn instead. <laughs> right. Now, exactly. Here's a question. Now, when you played in the arcade, did you do that practice of putting the porters, like laying out your porters at the top? Because some people, like, I guess that was a practice you did so that you you basically said, I'm reserving this game for the next few quarters. Right. Uh, I've, seen that, I've seen that with like a pool table. You know what I yeah. mean? If somebody's going to play pool, somebody comes up and puts the, the quarters or doll, whatever it is. It could be $10 right. these days. Who the hell knows? But they put it up there next saying, I got the next game. As a video game, I don't remember seeing that, but yeah. I guess. And I only was... one quarter, so I only could only put the one quarter up and it went in the machine. And that was <laughs> right. You're like, I, I got, I got I three lives. I, I got three lives. You got to let me alone. I got three lives. That's it. All right. I don't want to back even... off. Back <laughs> off. I need to concentrate. Right. Lives. Oh, I lost my. That's it. Right. All right, I'm out of here. I've never spent more money than on that game. Uh, was it Dragon Slayer? What was the one that was Dragon Slayer? The, the cartoon. Dragon yeah. Slayer. Holy yeah, well, you crap, had to make yeah. a decision. You go in there and be like, Dragon killed you. And you'd be like, I right, put a quarter in. Dragon killed you. And you put a quarter in. Dragon killed you. What the fuck? Are you like, how? <laughs> right. You, you, I'm going to take a right. You go in there. Lava. <laughs> I'm gonna take a lap. Lava! You're like, like you're, you're taking f- my money. <laughs> but it, but this, you were like, you were just so mesmerized by how cool it looked, right? When, right. when in reality, it was just a laser disc yeah. that you were basically controlling the remote. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. And then we and found look, out 
it was actually run by Laserdiscs. Yeah. That was what was running the yeah. program. We were like, oh, that's cool. And then we found out what Laserdiscs were, and then we bought them all. Yeah, and they were and like, I, oh, I'm just using a remote, basically. Okay. <laughs> I'm playing this with a remote. And you know, yeah. they did release that game on DVD, so you could use your remote to control it. So you could essentially play the game at home now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm beyond that son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm like, <laughs> it, it brought so much frustration to our lives that it's like I'm I'm leaving it back there because if I go, I'm gonna have to go to therapy again because you know to, to get past yeah. the anger. Exactly. <laughs> All right. The uh, the high uh, uh, the highest grossing arcade games of 1988 uh, was uh, Double Dragon. Oh yeah, love Double Dragon, man. What a great yeah. game that was. That was the highest one. Then uh, below that was Outrun, mm-hmm. Afterburner, Ooh, yeah. Oper- Operation Wolf. Yeah. Oh, good game. That's that? a, a military game. Like it's kind of like Contra E. Uh, uh, okay. Is that it? And then uh, Bad Dudes versus Dragon oh, yeah. Ninja. I remember Bad Dudes. Yeah. It was uh, Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja. Was that the same game or was that something different? It, like it, it probably just they added just. Villains in there because maybe it was a fighting. I don't know. Bad dudes was just essentially double dragon. It was the same. Yeah, I just remember bad dudes. Right. Yeah, me like too. Two, two guys. Yeah, they were bad dudes. That was yeah. Like, you just run around punching people. That's cool. Afterburner, <laughs> my favorite. If I if I had the the means to buy a, an actual arcade game, it probably would be Afterburner. That yeah. was cool. You sit in a cockpit and it actually would go right. And I was like, oh, cool. So then when I could get it on Sega, I'm like, this isn't as cool sitting in my couch. I had to kind of rock around, but <laughs> yeah, it worked. But um, yeah, that that's the game that I would, I would ask. Right. I, I, yeah. If I got more than one quarter, I would have pumped it in, which I think it took more than one. I think, I think like, that one did take two, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and I think after that was based pretty much off the, the popularity of Top Gun. Right? I, yeah. It was the idea was you were, in the, I mean, even the music wasn't it kind of yeah. like you got in there and it was like stereo right by your yeah. head. And it it the guitars pumping, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so it was an F sixteen and all that stuff, right? Was I, I, uh, they have, they were F sixteen, right? Oh, I think they're F fourteens. F fourteens, okay. Yeah, that that would definitely play off a Top Gun for sure. Yeah. Uh, so in the United States, the NES action set bundle Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt was the best selling toy in nineteen eighty eight. Oh yeah, that be- I believe it. Yeah, by then at this point, I, I think you know my family even had one. So that-, that says a lot because you know that was, you know, it was, it, it, you know they they were hard to you know get my parents to buy those kinds of things. We got we got the Atari, and they're like, you still got an Atari, you know, in '85. We're yeah. like, not a Nintendo. The Atari works fine. Your Vic Twenty, Commodore sixty four with the tape, you're fine. Get your Get your Coleco vision out. Exactly. <laughs> the What's same wrong? year, uh, Mario uh, Super Mario Brothers two became uh, one of the best selling games. Um, awesome game. You know, and Zelda two, The Adventures of Link. Oh yeah, man, that was and yeah. Zelda. That was those were those were like games that took forever to. It was more towards the holiday season, and yeah. uh, the Legend of Zelda, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Oh, uh, Tyson, you know, was... they, they they both went uh, two million in sales. King Hippo. King Hippo, right. <laughs> I always like, what was the first guy? Glassjaw or whatever? Yeah, Glass. Yeah, it was like Glassjaw or something. Like yeah, but yeah, he was, you could usually take him out pretty quick. You, know, you, know. you lost the Glassjaw, you're in trouble. <laughs> you were the ridicule of the neighborhood, man. But that's pretty much it for uh, video games. 
That's awesome. There's those great games, man. Those, yeah, well, awesome. it was yeah, it was when it was hitting right there. Yeah, uh, switching from Atari into NES, and uh, nobody looked back after that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, how about uh, how about news? Anything new in the headlines this week? Uh, not a ton. Just uh, this was when the uh, Soviet Afghan war was okay. winding down. It had wound down basically, and uh, they were. This was the final pullout for the uh, for the Soviets from Afghanistan, and obviously they did a better job than we have right now. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now. Who was the the leader at Afghan back then? Was that was that Khomeini? Was that during that time, or am I thinking well, something the, else? No, I think that was Iran. Okay, Iran. Like, okay, that's, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, I, I told Khomeini. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, Afghanistan or uh, yeah, Afghanistan was it was a mess. Yeah. Even back. I guess I mean, it's just. They, I mean, they were they were in their ten year war. They went seventy eight right. to eighty eight, and that was their whole big thing, and. The, you saw the movie, uh, was it Wilson's War? Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, that was based on that. And it was, you know, <clears throat> the idea was, I mean, you know, and that's the whole thing you think th- these days. You Like, that movie was based on the Soviets were fighting the Afghans. Right. We're funding them to kill the Soviets. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, yeah. you know, that's a yeah. good movie. And today we're there. I mean, right. And, you know, so it, it's really a, a mixed up bag. And yeah, you know, look, um, you know, from what I gathered from the research, I mean, I, you know, there, <laughs> there was quite a bit. Their, their pullout looked like it took about two years. So, oh, geez, a little more strategic. And yeah, yeah. uh, then a couple days. And, and you know, and realistically, <laughs> they still left people behind, but I mean, right. it was. The idea, yeah, it was exactly. It was a little bit better. Um, something I just found, you know, based off of that time period, which was interesting, was, um, you know, the international community imposed uh, numerous sanctions, but the embargo on uh, the Soviet Union, the U.S. led for uh, the 1980 Summer Olympics mm. um, because of that. And, uh, you know, the Soviets never really – that was kind of the turning point where they never really forgave us for doing that. Mm. Uh, that, that was a big point in the, in the cold war uh, tensions. Yeah, that and beating so, them in hockey at the Winter right. Olympics. And they did the same thing in the 1984 Olympics in Los that. Angeles. They, yeah. they boycotted that. I remember that. Yeah. It was a big deal. Right. So, I mean, that was all involved with that time period growing up in the eighties. I didn't even know. You know what I mean? I mean, we oh yeah, we were in a GI Joe, and we didn't really. I mean, if you asked me when, if I was a kid, when if we were, you know, what was going on over there, I wouldn't have known. Me neither. Yeah, I didn't even know they were there for ten years, and we've been in hmm. Afghanistan for twenty. So right, I mean, you know, their ten years look. They called it their Vietnam, which was our Vietnam before for ten years. Right. You know, but. You know, now we, we were there for 20, you know. Yeah, yeah. Same thing, you know. The players, the, that, the players that were there before are still there. Right. And nothing really gained. The, yeah, know, the country's the, still a mess, you know. Right, yeah. So, I mean. Uh, and maybe we heard about it and, you know, maybe someone was talking about it. We saw a glimpse of it in the news, but we were never like, oh, that's interesting. I'd like to learn yeah. some more about what's going on. Right. No, right. I mean, yeah. We, yeah, we focus on so many other things and, yeah. I'm, 
I mean, sadly enough, I learned more from watching Charlie Wilson's War <laughs> about that time right. period than I grew up knowing when we were in school as kids. Right. They never really was, talked about it no. during history or social studies or any of those courses. No. Which is kind of interesting that they sh- they should have talked about that because it was current events. I think that would have been really interesting. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, collage. Yeah, just a collage of current events. But we really talked about the past, not really what was going on. Like, go home and do a collage of current events, and we probably had a you know picture. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, right. No. I mean, maybe yeah. if you were in high school then, I don't know. You know. Maybe. I mean? Yeah. You know. But, but yeah, at, uh, yeah that the, was, at that time it was like you know GI Joe fights Cobra, you know. Well, and, we were fighting you know. the Russians regardless. You know, well, I mean? yeah. so we, that that was our point was if you know if we were fighting the Russians, we're worried about them bombing us. So right, if they were involved somewhere else, we really didn't care. Yeah, we just were worried about nuclear war and this and right. that. You know, so we didn't really realize that the guys in the desert were depleting their forces. Such as they would 30 years later with us. But I mean, the history I was following was Indiana Jones fighting the Nazis and the thuggies. I mean, that's why I was, you know, (laughs) I didn't really know much about the Soviet Union until I watched Hunt for October. So, I mean, really, that was, you know, that's when I learned that, you know, all we we knew is that they were the bad guys. That's how it was always painted to you. That's, you just knew if it was Soviet Union, they're the bad guys. Right. And, they didn't really run nuclear reactors that well. Right. You know, we found that out. <laughs> right. But I mean, <laughs> Chernobyl you know, is. But I mean, you know, other than that, you didn't know because they didn't let anything out. I mean, right. that's the whole idea of the yeah. uh, communist regime. You know? There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was about uh, the high point for the news and the low right. point, however you want to look at it. But uh, yeah. There you go. So, so not much has changed in uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it kind of, it kind of struck a note when I was like, well, they, 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 that's what they pulled out, and well, we just kind of screwed the pooch too on that. So there's uh, history repeating itself again. Exactly. So, what about sports? Anything uh, happening in the world of sports this week that is uh, worth uh, mentioning? Well, yeah, there was this was the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. Was uh, going on, and uh, you know, round about the, this week, next week. The week before, but uh, the Edmonton Oilers swept the Boston Bruins mm-hmm. uh, to win. Uh, I think I think this was their fourth uh, Stanley Cup. This was Gretzky. This was yep. the time of uh, yeah. Wayne oh God, Gretzky. yeah. So this was right before the, he moved to the uh, the L.A. Kings, right? So yeah, yeah, you're right. This was when he was with the Edmonton Oilers. Yep, and this yeah, because uh, I think it yeah. was in '88 he moved to the. LA. Yep. And now, yeah, right. He, he kind of, he finalized his time there. You yep. know, I got to that point, any, any kind of franchise that, you know, can't afford you. So you part, however you can, you know, one of those deals. Yeah. But the interesting thing too, about Gretzky is Gretzky is the reason I probably know more about hockey than I ever would have. I mean, yeah, I knew people in high school that played, but it was, that was about the extent of it. We didn't have hockey at Waterville, but at other schools that, you know, they had it, but, but Gretzky was like that sort of, he became a celebrity, a sports celebrity. So you knew who he was and what he did. And uh, when he hosted Saturday night live, you know, I I pretty much knew (laughs) everything I needed to know. (laughs) Maybe you get a board, you know, like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's what's a hockey player. Okay. So yeah, that's what we started about Wayne Gretzky for sure. Yep. Right. Exactly. And had great hair. You know, I mean, I, but uh, uh, interesting fact I saw about that is after the Oilers won the Stanley Cup, uh, 
ended up being his last game in the Oilers. He mm. requested a pitcher on the ice with all the players and all the non-playing members, including management, coaches, trainers, nice. scouts, or scouts, locker room assistants. Cool. Uh, the team honored his request, and it remained a tradition by each Stanley Cup winning team. So today, mm. that wasn't before. It was just a team. Right. They got their pitcher. He wanted everybody there involved. Probably knew he was on his way out. Yeah. Everything, you know, and that was like their fourth. So, uh, but uh, nowadays every team basically does the same thing. They bring everybody in. So everybody gets a chance to be in that picture. So it's a classy Uh, move right there. Yeah. A little thing that. uh, Got a hand in it. You know, it's not just the play. It's everybody. So yeah, that's nice to be recognized that. But uh other than that, you know, same time NBA uh, playoffs were going on, uh, baseball's going on at the same time, but you know, we're not going to bring everything up. But, right. Uh, that was just, that stuck out. So I just brought that yep. up. So cool. Nice. All right. How about we roll into a little wrestling since we're on yes. sports? Anything big in there or just that? Uh, uh, no, not really at this point in time. You know, I mean, they had a, a only one uh, show I saw was the, uh, superstars of wrestling for that week is this like a house show type of thing or was that no this was a tv show okay was so just, this was like the uh the saturday okay uh, deal gotcha. uh, they had a couple dark matches dark matches being the shows that uh, the matches they didn't put on tv but they were at the the show oh, okay. uh they call them the dark match so if you're in the audience you get the benefit of seeing that right 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 yeah yeah those are the ones that are going to be on the show they always have, even at WrestleManias today, they call them dark matches. A lot of times now with the, uh, you know, the the pay-per-views are so, they're like seven hours. So they're going to have oh three hours gosh. ahead of time. Um, you know, they're going to have pay-per-view, but they call, you know, they're basically called like the buy-in shows or matches now where they give right. them to you for free. Okay. So you can watch them, you know, for about an hour. And gotcha. then they're like, now if you want to see the rest. You gotta pay us. You know, Fork right? over the money. Now, question: Do you do? You, how much is the pay per view for that now? Well, you know, really, you know, now with they're on Peacock. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, okay. Know, the, the WWE yeah. is so. Yep. You have Peacock. You get to okay. watch every pay per view for free. Oh, cool. Um, so, right. you know, because back then saying, it was it was what like thirty bucks, forty well, bucks. Thirty. Yeah, I mean, probably back then you're looking at like you know twenty. 20 or okay. 30, you know, now, now yeah. it's probably, probably 40 or 50 if mm. you don't have Peacock and you right. want to order pay-per-view now, which is insane because right. you get Peacock for $9 yeah. and like see cheap. every pay-per-view, you know, <laughs> but people still do it, you know what I mean? But right back then, that was the whole thing. That was a big selling point was, you know, uh, you know, you if you didn't have it, you know, you didn't have to, you, you had to order pay-per-view. Right. It's so it's so crazy to think how much easier it is to access this stuff now than it was back then, because back then, if you didn't have I mean, I didn't have cable enough to access that at this time. I wouldn't even have known any of it unless somebody I knew had it told me or I was. Well, and back then you had to call the cable channel. Right. And order it. I mean, ahead of time, you know, nowadays, if you want to watch it, you just click a button. Right. And you're going to get it back then. It was like. To get the family together, look at the finances, see if you can afford it, <laughs> you know, make a decision, call the cable company, get a right. line. I mean, it was a big thing, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, gotta call up New View yeah. Cable, 
right. You couldn't pay online. You had to write a check, send it in the mail. Right. Wait. You better send it early or you're not getting it. Right. Right. And I mean, we had HBO growing up. I mean, well, we had it once a year for three days. Because um, it was <laughs> right. free. Yeah, the free preview. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, we got to watch everything in those three days. So we're just binge watching everything. Yeah. Um, then we're like disappointed for, you know, 362 days until it came back again. But now, now like you can just get HBO all day long for a couple right. of months. That's when you'd call your friends up on the phone. What are you doing? Watching HBO. What are you doing, yeah. man? <laughs> yeah, we do too. We all got it for free. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when we finally moved into Waterville, we, my dad had the opportunity to access cable and get that. He got everything, you know. And I think that was the day his, his ass fused to his chair. He never <laughs> moved from that chair ever again. <laughs> You're like, what is this world I'm in now? <laughs> if, if cable went out, it was like he was lost. His powers <laughs> faded. He had no idea. <laughs> was that caveman lawyer in SNL? Like, what is this magical box with all these wonderful things? I'm just a caveman. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely, yeah, it was like, Oh, you know, right. It's like he falls to his knees the minute that cable came out. Hey, uh, Dad, you want to go to my graduation? Shut up, I'm watching TV. I'm busy. Right, right. <laughs> pretty right. much, pretty much yeah. back in the day. It was it. Yeah, oh, man. There, yeah, there well, was no DVR. It was one and done. Oh, so, yeah. Was, if you could, unless you could figure out how to set your VCR to record something, that was it. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that was never, yeah. it was never an exact science. Because no. sometimes I'd set it. And it recorded another channel. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> right. Or you didn't send it a couple minutes early. You missed the beginning. And right. Hard on time. So you had to have that little bit of a, a break. Yeah, because if it started exactly at 8, it would kick on at 8. It would be already, the show would already start by the time the tape caught up to the recording. And <laughs> you'd miss something. And you're like, God. Oh, damn you, technology. <laughs> I don't know what kind yes. of VCR we had. I'm sure it was only one, but. We had yeah. an 88. I can't remember, you know, the technology changed so much. So like by yeah. 88, I have my own or was we only had the, the family one and had to share because I was actually recording everything, TV shows, movies mm -hmm. that were on TV on my cassette recorder so I could mm -hmm. listen to them later. Right. That was, was a means of recording anything. You're holding sure. up on TV, then you had to pause it during commercials and then click it back on. I'm like, and and that's how you could, you know, couldn't watch TV, but you could yep. at least listen to it. So. Um, now going back and watching some of those shows like A Team and Knight Rider that you used to hearing the audio and then you used to actually see the video of it, you're like, that's not what I remember seeing in my head. Right, you know, my head right, had a cooler right. video. Going yeah, that's not what I envisioned. After, you know, <laughs> that's the only way we could see things repeatedly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually had a conversation about this with someone because they were talking about you know how you could rewatch stuff. How can you re? I'm like, when I was a kid, you couldn't rewatch anything unless you either went to the movies to pay for another ticket, waited for it to come out on VHS, which sometimes took a couple of years. Or bought the comic book adaptation of it so you could reread it, or the novelization. Like that was right. pretty much it, you know. Right. Well, that was the idea of uh, you know, The Wizard of Oz came out once a year. Yeah. And yeah. You were, if your ass wasn't ready to watch it, you missed out. Right. That was like a I mean, treat. You sat and you waited for that damn thing to come on, and if you miss it, you missed it. Right. That and I, I can't remember and the um the sixties Batman movie came out, and I feel like it was always on like Thanksgiving or so. There was always yeah. something. Thanksgiving Day that came out like that like a movie that you could watch and you're like yep this is it if we don't watch it tonight we're done 
Well, yeah, and it was like like any of the holiday specials, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas. It's our oh, one Snoop, freaking yeah, day. If you didn't get a Charlie Brown Christmas special, right? Any or of them. the Halloween, yeah, you were done. Yeah, you know, Friday at seven. Yeah, don't wait a whole other three hundred sixty-five days, man. Right. And there's a little more excitement around all those things now. You can watch them, you know, and anytime. But that's why they they would advertise it for three weeks ahead of time, right? So you, you were know ready. I mean? So you, yeah, they they, they want to put your butt in the seat for that. Absolutely, you know? get your TV guide out ahead right. of time, so you can flip through and circle what you're going to be watching coming up. Absolutely, that's right. the TV guide. What? Oh man, that thing was the you needed that thing. That thing was your map to your uh, entertainment. You know, it was crazy. All right. Show that to a kid today. They're like, "What is this?" Uh, Read a book to watch TV. This is bullshit. Right. Now, I, I not only not only do you have to read when it's on, but you get the description for the show that was going to be on. So you knew if it was a rerun or if it was new. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. right. Well, well, we're still in wrestling, even yeah. though we just journeyed off a little <laughs> bit. <but laughs> it happens. We change it like this. We're, we, I think it's the age. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But on this episode, so anyways, in the dark match, we had Coco Beware defeated Bobby Heenan. So not familiar with a big bag. Well, Coco Beware was the guy that had the uh, the parrot with him. Oh okay. yeah, I remember. Yeah, Coco Beware, he came down, okay. he was flapping his arm. Yep. You know, Bobby Heenan <laughs> was a manager, so that's why that's kind of funny that he was. Uh, Bobby Heenan was the manager for Andre the Giant. He wow. was, uh, you know the. He used to be a wrestler back in the day. Then he became like a fast-talking manager, Andre the Giant, uh, everybody that went against Hulk Hogan. It was Andre still around at this point, or had he passed? No, no, Andre was, yeah, he was still around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Did he not show up? Was manager had to jump in? and I don't know. Busy. I don't know why, you know, uh, why that, but that, that, that is uh, – that is an odd thing. And uh, they're doing a re release of the Princess Bride this week. I'm busy. Yeah, right. Could have been. Could have been. Uh, another uh, dark match was Ken Patera defeated Dino Bravo. Uh, the other dark match, uh, which is weird because these were two bigger guys, was uh, Jake the Snake Roberts defeated yeah. Rick Rude. Oh, yeah. I know uh, both so, of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know why they were on the dark match there, but uh, Jake then, the Snake. We went into the on uh, on TV ones. It was uh, Randy the Macho Man Savage. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> with uh, Miss Elizabeth defeated uh, Virgil and Ted DiBiase, uh, the Million Dollar Man, uh, to retain the WWF Championship. All right, so so hold on here. You have Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth yep. Yep. versus these two guys. It defeated Virgil. So Virgil. So Virgil was the butler slash limo okay. driver for Ted DiBiase, who was gotcha. the Million Dollar Man. Right. So he wasn't actually facing the Million Dollar Man. It was uh, Virgil at that point. Uh, okay. But so, is Miss Elizabeth, am I right? That's a, a woman, right? So there's... Yes, yep. So yep, that, but that's kind of cool if you think about it. Here is a match where they're saying, I mean, granted, it's wrestling, but they're, they're saying, hey, let's have, you know, uh, you know, let's diversify this let's not just say it's well, guy versus it's, guy here's a girl versus guy thing well i think he misunderstood what's happening here okay <laughs> <laughs> i must have randy the macho man savage okay <laughs> with miss elizabeth as his manager 
Ah, uh, okay. okay. So there gotcha. we go. I, maybe I didn't. I, I okay. guess I should. I have. thought those right. they were a team. That's you're what like, I was, gotcha. You're like, you're like, this is great back in the yeah. 80s. Yeah, I would have said that's pretty awesome uh, that they did uh, something like that. <laughs> I should have. Uh, I guess I should have explained that one a little bit better. But uh, my bad. I should have realized that's where they. Yeah. Because no, I mean, she, a match like that would just be the two big. No, she but. was arm candy. She was arm candy. Gotcha. That was uh, that was it back in that. Day. Yeah, I was giving. I'm giving wrestling more credit than I should have at this point. So we hadn't really come that far in '88 yet. Okay. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. We're still just a chick. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Greg Valentine uh, defeated Jim Evans. Jim Evans, you would never know. You know, uh, mm. just a squash match. Uh, Bret Hart defeated Steve Lombardi. Bret the uh, Hitman. Same thing. No, no. Oh, Who was oh, it? Yeah, Bret Hart. Yeah, I thought you meant. Yeah, I was thinking. Bret, yeah, Bret the Steve Hitman. Lombardi. I thought you were talking about Stone. No, Cold no. Bret yeah, the Hitman. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's when he went off in the singles. Uh, Don Morocco in the next match. Uh, he defeated Billy Anderson, and uh, you know, and uh, that was it. And then the last uh, demolition. Uh, Axe. Well, he wrestled, but my page cut off, so we don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say he won. What the way it printed was not good. Yeah. <laughs> so really wrestling, not great this week. You know, nothing really yeah. happened. Just a house match. So I mean, right. it was it was a TV show. It was basically a house match. You're right, but this is after sweeps. May sweeps are over, so they're kind yeah, of yeah. You know, and WrestleMania is usually in April, so I mean right. that's that's in back then it was like. WrestleMania was in April, May or March, April, and then you had SummerSlam. If you did, I don't even know if SummerSlam was there, but, but they had like four pay per views back then. Oh, okay. So it was like, uh, you know, King, uh, let's say, just say, uh, King of the not King of the Ring, but uh, the Royal Rumble was in January. April was WrestleMania, SummerSlam. And then Survivor Series. Pretty much now gotcha. it's like every month there's something going on. Back then, right? They spaced it out where you could actually have a storyline building up to what happened. So, eh, yeah. I, I didn't delve too go. deep into the WCW at that point, but uh, so cool. that's about it for wrestling. Interesting. All right, so how about we do? I'll take. I'll give you a break, and we'll we'll jump into the spinner rack, and then we'll I was gonna say, help. prick. You know, I mean, could you space them <laughs> out? You know, I mean, you're like, let me do three, and then you do twelve. You know, <laughs> you know I, I when you, when you do like, the schedule, can we just go one another? I mean, I'll, br- I'll break it up. I you know, I mean, I love you, but goddamn, you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know I, I noticed right. you were going down several in a row, right. but let me let me take over the yeah. next one. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because you know music's coming up, it's the biggest goddamn thing. I know. So, I, I mean, know it know. is. Let's get let's let's cut it. All right. right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I mean, goddamn, let Don talk for a while or something. Jesus you, Christ. You got the floor, whatever you want You just come in and say, I'm ready for my uh surprise attack that you got. Right. Kyle was so, texting me, and he's like, Rich won't shut the hell up. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Yeah. He says he wants to just down. talk and then not stop talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk comics. Yes, let's talk comics. We'll get into the spinner rack. We'll look at what comics were out this week. It was a pretty big week for some cool stuff. Um, we'll start with uh, the first one here, which is the Nam Magazine number one came out this week. I like the Nam. It was good. 
Yeah, this was uh, Nam First Patrol was the title of this one. Script by Doug Murray, art by Michael Golden. Uh, Private Marks gets on a plane, lands in Nam, gets assigned and takes his first patrol. This is basically a reprint from the Nam number one. Uh, this is the magazine. So just so you know, it was just uh, basically reprinting the old stories into a bigger format at this point. And the Nam, the, from the Nam comics, you're saying? Yes, yes. That's what I'm thinking of is the Nam comics. It is. Which, it's a Nam comic. like a year before? Yes. This yeah. is just reprinting them into a magazine format. Because right. I'll tell you what, those are pretty realistic comics. I remember, yeah. At that time. I mean, very, you know, gory. Yep. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, uh, you know, Spider-Man type of stuff. I mean, right. it, was, it was pretty much, you know. It was gritty. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So it was, it was very good. And I remember kind of, because I remember watching Tour of Duty. and Right, um, that, that was, this yeah. time was like we talked about with Afghanistan and everything, but this we're like, you know, over 10 yeah. years removed from Vietnam. Right. So a lot of stuff was based on the Vietnam and, you know, right. it's like, it was that tour of duty was kind of like mash of right type of thing for, for TV shows, you know, yep. but a little more realistic, I guess. Yep. I, I mean, it was tour of duty had some, you know, a little darker edge to it in, in some of the aspects. So, yeah, I remember that it was, it was a cool show. I remember actually making time to watch that show every week. Cause it was really interesting. And you had that channel and we had that. It was CBS. We <laughs> <Okay>. had CBS. <laughs> See, I remember what networks are on because we have very little, right. I can I retain which one had, which show my sad existence was a child. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was some tie in with with some movies that were happening. I mean, Platoon had just come out in '86, and they were kind of going yeah. into some military full right. metal jacket, right. Platoon. Yeah, yeah you had a lot of so that genre and that that yeah that subject matter was was bringing back up and fresh again. So yeah, so the Nam was kind of rife to fit yeah. into that uh, that stuff. Right, because yeah, because the like you said, Platoon was like uh, the Vietnam's. Um, Saving Private Ryan. I mean, everybody yes. at that right. time, from I remember a lot of the Vietnam vets, at least from what you saw in the media, were saying this was the most realistic movie, you know, today right, to depict based Vietnam. On right. Whereas exactly. so many said about Saving Private Ryan. I mean, past <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, there's been so many World War II movies. Right. That, I mean, you know, you don't I, see as many Vietnam movies as no, I mean, we used to. Um, which right. I, I always think is kind of interesting that they just kind of kind of I don't know if they, uh, yeah. they're forgetting that or if they're just I don't know if they're not interested in it I don't know what it is right. I think yeah they jump like you know you know and I'm just throwing it out there how many Korea movies do you see I that mean, is true you know what I mean not I mean you know, yeah I after mean, MASH you know, it was pretty much right I mean you don't see a, a movie based on Korea I'm sure there's some good stories to tell oh I'm sure yeah from there but yeah, everybody jumped back to World War. I think it got up to uh, what uh, at that point was it, we're at seventy-five year type of thing, you know. Yeah. For, so it, it jumped into that genre, and then yep. I don't know if it's a better if it's a, if it's a happier story to tell from World War Two. You know what I mean? It was kind of like right. that Greatest Generation. It's maybe a better. You know, but there's still I, some movies that are like, you know, pretty real. Like I watched that with Brad Pitt, uh, oh, The Fury. Yeah. The oh. tank movie. It's pretty realistic yep. shit there yes. where you're like, Jesus, you know, I mean, yep. 
Now, growing but up, I think, think uh, World War II like kicked the Nazis ass. You I think know, that's that, what it is. You know, is it uh, is you have a very clear villain. The right. Nazis are, I mean, that that they're, they're bad. It's right. it's there's no denying that they did a horrible thing. Well, Whereas I think there's always that muddled, right? You know, side of Vietnam. I'm not saying that you know, I'm not picking sides or anything, but I'm just saying that I think there's always been that sort of controversy yeah, about it. Right. That right. that and sort they, of brings it up. Right. And it, I mean, you know, we grew up with Rambo and right. uh, you know, Uncommon Valor. You yep. know, it was all Hamburger it was that kind of yeah. They, and then I think in the '90s they hit some. Um, what was the one with um, Mel Gibson? We were we were soldiers. We were soldiers. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they yeah. they started getting some realistic ones, and I think it was almost too realistic for some. It could be type of I thing. Think technology kind of helped with that too. That they could, you know, because that yeah, now it's it's trying to thrill you with the realistic, you know, images, and that and that's what really you know now you can do that with the computers and everything. Whereas with platoon you can get close but really showing that intensity right. i think the the technology is and so who knows maybe they would go back and do something more to really you know now it just seems like they want to pull you <laughs> in into the story even more instead of just mm-hmm. watching it actually you know have you sense what's really like you're actually there like with saving yeah. private and everything that you feel right. like you're in the, right you're in the movie with them so you can really kind of feel it um well and, cgi did a lot for that you know what i mean with yeah. you, you know you know the planes and the boats and you know what i mean right. what are you gonna do today you know what i mean you can't yeah. go get 20 you know uh <laughs> mustang fighters you know what i mean right. versus doing it you know via computer whereas you know platoon it was a lot of jungle and this and that you know what i mean but it was story driven yeah you know so yeah. <clears throat> you know uh, anyways, cool. I don't even know what we're on. What are we we're on? on com- we're on okay. comics. Okay. We're just talking about the NAM. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's roll out of the NAM. All right, next up, the New Archies number seven. So New mm-hmm. Archies was a uh, based off of the comic or the cartoon that was on uh, Saturday mornings. So it was like, I like Archies. That. Yeah. I did like that. I did too. I was that's why I brought it in because it was a show I liked to watch when it was on. And it's actually yeah. on if you have Paramount Plus, it's on there. I do have Paramount Plus. Yeah, it's on there. And it's it's kind of fun. I've been watching it with my kids. And they actually liked it because it's kind of it's bubbly and it's you know, it's just kind of silly. Yeah. Jughead moves. Yeah, it's got all you stuff. You know what I mean? I this, think it's uh, Archie's comic books. I don't I don't know which ones they are. They're not the new Archie's or the originals. <clears throat> You gotta look yeah. and see which ones I got. Right. I mean, Archie's still out there. They're still making Archie books. It's now crazy. I'm not gonna go off on a tangent again here about Vietnam, but I just have a question. <laughs> Since we're talking about Archie, right? You guys watch the Archie TV show, the Riverdale. The, Riverdale, yeah. So yeah. that's that's more like is that like Buffy the Vampire Slaver yes. version of Archie? Because I haven't watched it, but they said like Jughead's a werewolf, some shit like that. But yeah, like, it there's it's there's uh that Sabrina. On Netflix is is tied in with that as well. Okay. So, oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, so, it's, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm in my head, Archie's 1950s. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like the malt shop. Golly. You know? Yeah. yeah exactly. So, I haven't watched any of the new stuff, but that's what I. You yeah. know, just like it's. More, I haven't watched it either, but okay. yeah, it's it's in that same genre. Yeah. Like, okay, where it's where it's I almost darker. feel like it's like uh, yeah, like the movie Scream. Yes. Clashed with 
you know, Riverdale. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's they, Riverdale. That's what it's called, right? Right. Yes, Riverdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah Riverdale. Okay. So yeah. that's all I wanted. I just didn't know if you guys <laughs> were into it and could just, uh, you know, enlighten me on that. So the interesting thing about this issue of the new Archies is they had an AIDS awareness public service announcement with the Archie gang. So that was a, cause you're talking 87 mm-hmm. and uh, that's a, you know, it was a pretty big deal. Cause I think at this time, you know, rock Hudson had died from AIDS and it was starting to be like, Whoa, this is like a, this, right. this, this shit's real, you know? So they were trying to be, you know, but also trying to make it so that people weren't afraid of somebody with sure. AIDS, like in the Mr. Belvedere episode, if you recall <laughs> that episode. Um, that was where um, I, you remember Mr. Belvedere, the show. Yeah, Maybe we'll get to the. So there was an episode <laughs> where the youngest son, remember the youngest boy, he was he went to a school he went to school with a kid who got AIDS through a blood transfusion. So wow. the whole yeah. episode is him saying, "Am I going to get AIDS by sitting next to him or him sneezing on me?" And it was like the most like if you look at it nowadays and you're like, "Wow, we were freaking ignorant morons back in right, those right. days when we wrote this thing." <laughs> Well, this was back when it was like, remember right. Ryan? Yes, yes. Was it Ryan, Ryan White? White. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan White. White. Yeah, and that was the big thing. Was like yes. this this kid, this little, and I'm, I'm just saying, this little white kid. He was like twelve from this neighborhood. All of a sudden, had AIDS, and it yeah. was, you know, before that, it was always, oh, who has AIDS? It's right. this group of people, and right? This and that. And, it was suddenly, you know, yeah. So that, was, that became very into the mainstream. So yes. So this is that time. Yes, this is that time, right in there. Yep. So that was that was the like just a little bit from that issue. There was a couple other stories like Dream Date Nightmare, uh, where uh, um, they had a TV star, Glory Carter, was supposed to come in with a dream date for with Archie, but it turned out that she wasn't what he expected. She was selfish and mean, and you know that was the rest of the story. <laughs> the age story that's right that's well yes one in the gamut and archie they're not afraid to tell those targeting stories lighten it right up at the end <laughs> right <laughs> all right next up is new mutants number 66 Ooh. uh cover and art by uh brett blevins uh who was actually i met him at a comic-con pretty cool dude script by louise simonson who i've also met she was a wonderful lady um this one, Magic Battles Forge in Dallas and then in Limbo. So Magic's uh, scrying glass is shattered. Magic defeats Forge and her demons encourage her to kill him. She realizes what she is becoming and lets him go. Meanwhile, Spider sends Gossamer to reclaim <coughs> Lila Cheney. So that was that issue. Uh, the competing comic from DC, New Teen Titans, number 46 was out this week. So we got Mindquake Part 202, guest starring Christopher King of Dial H for Hero, written by Marv Wolfman, who wrote pretty much that whole series. Um, this one was uh, Raven is still missing and the Titans were easily defeated. Now only Jericho is left to help Christopher King against a foe who can dial up the powers of any supervillain her twisted imagination can conceive. Well, there you nice. go. Nice, nice. Pretty interesting one. Uh, next up is Nick Fury versus S.H.I.E.L.D. number three. So this was a 1988 series where they're kind of bringing Nick Shield back into the mainstream, you know, or Nick Fury, not Nick Shield. <laughs> so Nick Fury was coming back in. They were trying to give him a little more showcase because he he was still there, but he wasn't as prevalent as he was yeah. like the 60s. Nothing like today with the, with or, the movies. Right. Nothing. Absolutely not. What was the basis of that? Because I never read it. What was uh, Nick Fury versus Shield? What was that about? 
this was where, um, so in this one, he was basically uh, learning that S.H.I.E.L.D. had, um, it was kind of like the story you got in um, Winter Soldier with Captain America where the Hydra it, agents were kind uh, of infiltrated. Yeah, you had, yeah, so there was, uh, um, he was battling against S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, to try to win it back, to try to get it back to, okay. uh, you know, its glory. So in this one, he teamed up with Tony Stark and one of the greatest villainists in the world. Uh, you had uh, Nick Fury in here, Dum Dum Dugan, uh, Countess was a villain there. And uh, I was going to say, growing up, it was like Nick Fury was uh, didn't care about him at all. Yeah, he wasn't. Really... I mean, because it was like Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos yes. from World War II, and in the eighties, for sure, mm-hmm. it was a non sequitur in uh, in Marvel. He basically I mean? became like a C character. You know, yeah, he didn't really. Yeah. Care. So when, he, when he re-emerged in the, in the movies it was just like i don't like yeah that. but i mean storyline driven i guess it, it all because you need that in the movies but growing up you're like what the, the, why are they if, bringing nick fury in I? right if you if you go back to the early nick fury like the late 60s when sure. jim Stranko did the art for it and stuff and they had a, like that really cool like you would actually have to take the book and like turn it on its side and flip it around it's a really awesome book back then but um yeah, that was pretty much the peak of Nick Fury at that point. After that, he was kind of like, eh. <clears throat> but it wasn't until the reason that he he became Samuel L. Jackson because he was always a white dude. And if you remember the '90s, right. they made that movie with David Hasselhoff playing Nick Fury. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> classic TV movie. It was great. Now, but yeah. Now, just going back to what you said, did did Nick Fury become Samuel L. Jackson or did Samuel L. Jackson become Nick Fury? No, uh, Nick Fury became Samuel L. Jackson in the comic books. It was in the ultimate universe. So okay. if you read the ultimate books, there was ultimate Spider-Man, the ultimates, which was the Avengers and the, ultimate okay. universe. All right. they made him look like Sam Jackson. Cause they said he was so cool. They wanted to kind of use him. They paid homage to him there. Then when they were making the movies, they're like, Hey, let's use Samuel Jackson. For this. Oh, okay. So it sort of balanced into that. Uh, Right, that world. So wow, Hasselhoff, I guess you know. Yeah, Hasselhoff's like I could have been there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still living under Baywatch for crazy things. The Night Rider, give me something else. I guess they hassled the Hoff on that one. Yeah, they did. He's like he's still. That's that was. I think that's what led to that drunken cheeseburger incident. Yeah, that was the true Nick Fury. (laughs) (laughs) He was furious. Nick Furious for the cheeseburger. <laughs> just watch it. If you don't know what you're talking about, go on YouTube and watch that video. It's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Next up is original Astro Boy number 11. I bring this one up because um, this was an issue that um, I, I I collect now comics. Just that. Okay. I was hoping this wasn't going to tie the whole gauntlet thing together. Or <laughs> <laughs> I bring this up because. Uh, the Infinity Stone was uh... <laughs> all right. Good. <clears throat> no, I, I actually collect now comic anything published under that now comics banner. I go and I buy them. It's weird. That's why I collect comics nowadays. Like I don't really buy like big titles or anything anymore. I buy like weird books like this. I don't know why. It's just uh, it keeps me alive, I guess, in the comic world. But uh, it still gives me purpose to go to these stores and look through their crap. Um, but this was cool because I always liked the artist that did this is Ken Stacy. Um, he's a pretty interesting artist, does a lot of pretty cool stuff. Uh, but this was a uh, this particular issue was a controversy one to fans of the old Astro Boy because this was an adaptation of a beloved manga 
anime series here. So it was a little bit, uh, people were like, oh, okay. And this was Astro Boy facing um, protesters on his first day at school. So he was going to school and they were like, oh no, not a robot at school type of deal. So it was an I was going to say, I, I, when you said, you know, the controversy, I thought this is going to be bigger than the whole uh, AIDS <laughs> that, thing. That's Archie. That you, yeah, no. <laughs> Archie still wins the, the medal for a <clears throat> okay, heavier, yeah. heavier issue. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, All right. Next up checking. is. Yeah. Next up is DC's Phantom, uh, the Phantom uh, character that DC was publishing these issues. This was number four of a mini series they were doing. Um, Twin tales set in different eras come uh, to the conclusion as the modern day Phantom and his ancestor, the 13th Phantom, both confront the chess man. So this was written by Peter David, one of my favorite writers, wrote one of the best runs of the Hulk uh, from back in those days. Uh, art by Joe Orlando, a Dennis junkie. So that was a uh, Pretty good one. That was a $1.25 issue. That was one of the more expensive ones at the time. So that was what DC would have called their premier format. Or I gotta say $1.25 in 1988. Yeah. Is, uh, that was pricey. Usually yeah. it's 75 cents. Yeah, 75 cents was about the average for those. Nowadays it's what 399. Right. <laughs> All right. Next up, uh Punisher number 10. Uh so this one is a crossover with Daredevil. Uh, so the story by Mike Barron, art by uh, Will Portacio, uh, Daredevil and the Punisher are like fire and ice. They just don't play well together. The known criminal is on the loose and Daredevil wants him to stand trial for his crimes. But Frank, the Punisher, intends to see that he never makes it to court. Sit back and enjoy a Daredevil Punisher brawl, the likes of which you have never seen before. So classic uh, Clash of Titans story there. Next up, uh, another one of my favorites uh, came out this week. Uh, the Question. Uh, this was issue number 19. Uh, this was the reimagined version of, that Dennis O'Neill did. So Denny O'Neill, uh, one of my favorite writers from comics, uh, wrote this. Is The Question is on the trail of the terrorist suppliers of plastic guns, while Myra faces a crucial moral dilemma in the heated race for mayor of Hub City. And that was another dollar. Seven, this one was dollar $1.75. This was an expensive one, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, were they any, was there any more content than a normal 75 or was there anything different that would make them bump it up other than they just thought it was. They use thicker pages. That's really the, the difference. The, the, they didn't use the standard newsprint. It was a little okay. bit of a thicker grade of paper, essentially. Gotcha. And what was the thing about the plastic guns? What was it? Oh, uh, that's uh, there was a terrorist supplier of plastic guns in the city. They were tracking them down. <laughs> And that was based on like plastic guns. Are we talking like the whole 3D gun today? Or what? I guess so. I guess it'd be like, you know, what was it? 1980s. Is? So I'm thinking yeah. like plastic guns. What are we? Yeah, cracking down on cap guns. <laughs> Damn you, cap gunners. And the little red roll of paper you put in there. Those are the best, man. Well, those you can. It. That was about the time when you went from uh, you can't have a, you got to put the orange tip on the gun. Right type of thing so i'm like is this what is going on yeah you know, well i think yeah at this time because what plastic guns would have been for would have been to go through metal detectors you could you could well that's right, right without being detected so they would uh like porcelain or or right. plastic was what was the movie back then was it in the 90s though what was the one about the assassination and a guy had made the gun in the line of fire with in the line of fire, fire. yeah okay. john malkovich yeah yeah yeah, yeah. great movie 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got to love that. I got a little off track. Go on. Get back. That's yeah, all good. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Next up, Solo <laughs> Avengers number nine. This one was a Hawkeye story. I like Solo Avengers. That was a good yeah. That was a good job, Ron. So this was In Search of Justice, guest starring The Shroud. Script by Tom DeFalco. Pencils by Mark Bright. Uh, acting on a tip from a local crime boss, Hawkeye tracks blind justice to the Los Angeles docks. But when the shroud intervenes in the shootout, nothing goes the way the avenging archer had planned. Cameo also by Mockingbird. So pretty cool stuff. So there's that one. A uh, few more here that, that I want to definitely touch on. Spectacular Spider-Man number 141 uh, came out this week. This was the Tombstone Testament. Guest starring the Punisher. Punisher was busy this month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's working with Daredevil and mid eighties to mid nineties. If you needed to sell a comic, you put Punisher in it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, he was, started what eighty seven. Uh, yeah. yeah I mean, there was like issues. you. Yeah. If you needed to like, if your comic was shit in the bed, you throw the Punisher <laughs> in for one episode just so you'd sell something. That was right. how it worked. He was wow. hot as hell back then. Was that like jumping the shark? So Punisher was like jumping the shark? Is that what? <laughs> Maybe. Pretty much. I was just like, yeah, you would, you know. It was that, that last ditch effort to keep your book alive. Because yeah. the, on the cover, it'd be like, and the Punisher appears. And it, it, he, right. might be in, he might be in there going, <laughs> hot dog, sir. But, that, <laughs> but as long as he did that, then right. you, they got your money, you know. You're right. You're like, damn it. I thought he was going to be more involved. <laughs> <clears throat> and ironically... They've never really done a good Punisher movie. No, you're right. They have not. The for series on Netflix was okay. Yeah, uh, but, but not great. They're that good. They've yeah. never really you're right. hit the mark with that. You're absolutely right. They never have. So guest starring Punisher, script by Jerry Conway, the man who created the Punisher. Pencils and inks by Sal Bashema. Uh, the web slinger has decided to work with the Punisher to bring down Tombstone. However... The Arranger and Tombstone have developed a special divide and conquer plan to defeat the two heroes. That's that big issue there. Uh, next up, uh, Superman number 20. So this was the John Byrne relaunch series that came out a uh, year before, a couple years before. Uh, this is uh, Doom in the Heartland, guest starring Doom Patrol. Uh, so this was in Doom Patrol, actually was coming back into favor too. Story by John Byrne, art by John Byrne and Carl Kessel. Uh, story continued from Doom Patrol number 10. Strange new visitor who bears a striking resemblance to a fallen heroine arrives in Smallville. The robotic menace known as Metallo is back and he's in complete control of the Doom Patrol's strongest member, Robot Man. Hmm. Fun issue there. Uh, next up is uh, Tales of G.I. Joe number eight. Can you stop for a second? Yes. So there was a guy named Robot Man? Yes. And <laughs> Remember we talked about this shit before, like <laughs> where DC would just have like the elongated man. Yes. I mean, know. is it so robot man, robot man. Did he have his own series or is that just, no, he okay. was only in doom patrol. Um, he actually was created back in the sixties. Doom patrol was actually a direct competition to X-Men back in the sixties um, because X-Men was about, you know, the, the rich, guy who has a mansion he's like let me bring in some mutants and blah blah doom patrol same thing you had a rich scientist guy who basically created or or housed this doom patrol he made robot man it was from a guy he took his brain put it into a robot which controls it watch the tv show on hbo max it's 
phenomenal. I'm just going to say that. And Brendan Fraser plays is, Robot is, Man. Is Robot Man in it? Absolutely. And Brendan Fraser is awesome as Robot Man. He makes you want to know more about that character. Uh, he's like a, in this show, he's actually a race car driver, he gets into an accident, and then his brain is put into this. So a little different robot. from the original. A little bit, yeah. But the same. Because you told premise. me to watch this before, and I have not. But now I'm Man, right. let me tell you. Because that first episode is going to pull you right in. It's 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 hilarious, and it's it's just it, it's it's just great. <laughs> there's, there's a comic comic twist to it all. It's not too serious. Oh, everything. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Uh, 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 let me put it this way: in in the first season, there is a universe housed in the ass of a goat. Need I say more? You <laughs> keep it. <laughs> there is also a character who is a gay street an entire street <laughs> a what a street is a gay street a gay street yes like a walk like a like, uh, like a road like with a buildings road. this is, and it's a character in the show, that's how ridiculously bizarre okay the show I, is. I thought you said a gay straight and I was like okay that's like a I, I did not. Okay, but a gay street. Yes, and it is. That's how bizarre they show it. It just there's no rhyme, no reason. It's not like trying to follow any particular. And there are three seasons. Yes, they just started the third third season. Okay, so it caught on. Right. Yeah, I just well, no, I, I, I've seen I've seen uh, ads for it. So I much fun. You tell watch. me about it. I mean, but, it's uh, it's just so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. I just. I just had to ask about the robot man just because the whole Yep, that DC yes. DC is is not really known for their uh I mean because if you think even going all the way back to their original character Superman, Batman. Right. I mean right. they're pretty simple names, you know. And excuse my ignorance, but thank you for presenting it so eloquently. You are absolutely What you right. just did. Okay. <laughs> Continue on, sir. I will go. Okay. For sure. All right. Uh, featuring this was uh, Tales of GI Joe number eight, uh, featuring material presented in GI Joe, um, the original GI Joe number eight as well. So it's sort of reprinting those code names. Sea Strike, story and art by Herb Trimpey. Uh, GI Joe must protect a space launch from the evil machinations of the criminal organization known as Cobra. So, this this issue costs you a buck fifty. <laughs> it's the same issue you bought back in 1982 for probably like 50 cents. Here's the one for a dollar fifty. You're welcome, says Marvel. <laughs> Next up is this was a cool one. I thought was uh, the Archie's uh, comics version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Number one came out that day. Um, so this was just a reprint or a retelling of the first like probably first episode and a half of the, the uh, five-part miniseries that aired uh, back in those days. So, so season one was five episodes. The comic was three issues. So they basically like did like an episode and a half. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Say it again? So the, the original Ninja Turtle animated series that they yeah. did in 87 yeah. okay. was five episodes. Right. So Archie... Did a uh, like they did a um, an adaptation of it. This was the issue number one that came out. So basically, it took the five issues and crammed them into three, or the five episodes into three issues. So you get like an issue, an episode and a half in each issue, something like that. So it's not like and and what what happened here? So this is just the pilot episode of Ninja Turtles series. 
Archie Comics was doing. Archie Comics. Okay. Yeah. I'm Archie. thinking it was like the Archies. No, no, right. no. Yeah. Archie Comics. I'm like, is Jughead? Who's Jughead then? I would, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Don, yeah, were, you Archie, in, were you with me on that one, Don? I was with I was, you. Okay. Archie. So he's yeah. playing Leonardo and Jughead is Donatello. How does this work or is it a. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. so basically, Mirage licensed out Teenage Ninja Turtles to Archie, but just the cartoon version. No, I'm glad well, I was. I'm glad Don was with me on that. And I wasn't okay, way I'm off sorry, base because I, I no, I was just like, I'm with you, and that was cool. I was just like, okay, <laughs> it would have been Veron- cooler if Archie who's was Veronica and then Moose. <laughs> I mean, I was like, yeah, right. But yeah, fun. yeah. So that's all they were doing was they were just ad- adapting the first episode. Maybe that's what we need to do. There you go. That's our thing. Let's turn <laughs> the turtles turn to Archie. into the Archies. And- yeah, there you go. Leonardo is Archie. When Rich asked you to repeat that, I'm like, can you repeat it backwards? Maybe it'll make more sense. I don't know. But <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. It, it clicks now. Now it makes sense. Now we've got it. <laughs> All right. All right. Continue right. on, sir. Sorry. All right. Next up, Thor number 394. Um, this was a uh, issue that uh, was scripted by Roger Stern. And how shall mortals know ye? Roger Stern, one of my favorite writers back then as well. I got a lot of them. <laughs> Uh, this one was just a uh, had a cameo by Hogan, Fandral, and Volstag, Baldar, Giant Man, Iron Man, Hercules, Loki, and the Absorbing Man. All these people are in this issue. It's pretty big, like a crossover y type of thing. Uh, next up is Transformers number 43. Um, this is where the um, Sharktacons have traveled to the junk world known as Junkion to retrieve a sacred object. But the problem is, is that the Junkions on the planet regard everything on the junk world as theirs and will defend it as such. So a big battle ensues. Script by Ralph Macchio, art by Alan Kupperberg. Um, like, next up. Oh. The Ralph Macchio? <laughs> no, that's oddly enough. Yeah, it wasn't. There's was actually a one of the editors at Marvel had the same name, Ralph Macchio. But I would, would that that premise of that 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 story sound like it really was written by Ralph Macchio, the actor. <laughs> He's like, hey, I wish that did. Oh, but My career would have been better. I wanted to comment on that too because I was like, everything is the, the ons. It was the Trumpions and the yep. the shit yeah. doggions and the, the, the Decepticons, Constructicons, right? Uh, sh- the Sharkticons, Sharkticons. the Stunticons. <laughs> yeah, right. There was, going uh, on. Yeah, I mean, you got them all. Hold on, yeah, the, the Archions. So there you yeah. go. Are we going to get the Archies in this son of a bitch too? Jughead on. Transform. <laughs> Form of a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, that, you know, that would be funny. I almost thought of it for a minute because when you have Archie with the cheeseburger, you also have Wimpy with cheeseburgers. It always gets like confused which one uh, says, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday, but that's Wimpy. Right. Popeye. Well, that'd be the crossover when Popeye right. comes they, in and kicks everybody's I think everybody's that would be ass. the ultimate crossover. So, Jughead right. and Wimpy. I mean, that, there it is. Right. Why has that never been done? Uh, guest starring David Hasselhoff with his cheeseburger. I mean, there, yeah. there you go. Let's just bring it all back around. There Let's it bring it all back around. Just That's cheeseburger kind of night. Cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm glad you're right. here for it, Don. I'm glad right. you're here for it. You're going to miss that one. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, next up, Uncanny <laughs> X-Men number 232. Um, this is uh, Earthfall, part one of three, story by Chris Claremont, art, 
and covered by Mark Silvestri and Dan Green. Why are the outlaw heroes known as the X-Men after a man named Harry Palmer? <laughs> Harry Palmer. <laughs> there we go. What has the temper-based ambulance driver done to earn the mutant heroes yeah. wrathful attention? And what do the sinister aliens known as the brood have to do with it? So the brood are in here. Harry Palmer. Are you just throwing them out there to get a reaction or what? See, no, are, you, no, are these all real? Right? Yes, I swear I'm reading you the actual synopsis. Right. All right, next up, Web of Spider-Man number 41. Great, um, no, wait, hold on. And this is uh, Dick Hurt is the uh, guy that uh, wrote this one, right? Peter Burns. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, this one is That Old Time Religion Part 2 of 4, story by Peter David. Uh, Spider-Man has successfully penetrated the headquarters of the Students of Love cult. That's interesting. Why wouldn't he penetrate it then? It penetrating the Students of Love is kind of a funny way to phrase it. But that only begins the trouble for the web-slinger after a brainwashed Betty Brant leads, pulls off Spider-Man's mask. Ooh, that's a pretty hard, heavy-duty one right there. A lot of innuendos in what you just said. Right. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Right. That's what I'm thinking. Is he just fucking with us tonight, or is no? It- I swear, I've taken these. I copy these synopsis offline and just read them because I don't remember these things. Like Peter Parker pulls it off. I don't remember the exact story, so I grab and I copy them. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Whips here at a sex cult as she pulls his mask. Yeah, penetrating the students of love. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were we reading back then, man? We're getting dirty in '88. So that that is it for the spinner act this week. Oh, there was one other issue oh, that I did want to bring up. The, the bonus. Uh, yeah, the bonus. The uh, issue number one of Willow, the movie adaptation, written by Chris Claremont. So that was uh, also released this week too to tie oh. in with the movie. How many up or uh, how many issues? Three issues. So or yeah, the entire movie type of thing. Yep. So yeah, they covered it in three. <clears throat> so and that's that's nice. enough, you know. As I was saying, you know, you had to read those comic adaptations. You had to wait three months to get all the, the three issues wow. to get to the end of the friggin' story half the time. Or if it was four, you had an extra month to get it. Some of them they would do four issue minis. So yeah, if you wanted to re- replay the movie, you had to wait till you got to the end there to get to the the full thing. So hey, there you are. Very so, nice. There's the wow. spinner rack for the spin that some bitch around. That was a good one, buddy. There, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. <coughs> Got a little raunchy towards the end, but it's all good. No, I liked it. I liked it. You know, and, and very in-depth, very good. Yeah. Well, you, always, you know, you always bring a lot of uh detail. Even when I ask you the hard questions, you go into detail about it. I like, tr- you movie. know, I try to yeah, yeah. Here I, I teach at a regular basis, and, and students will ask me a question. I'll be like, I really don't know the answer to that. But you ask me some ridiculous, asinine question about Robot Man, and I got this whole backstory before you. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Like, he's like, back in 1954, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. What? Yeah. Oh, about Robot Man. Even the guy that right? designed the character is like, I don't even know that about him. <laughs> it's like, how do you? Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about, you right. nut. <laughs> I no. like that. Awesome. Well, that's why you come to the 80s kids, right? Right. That's that's what we're here for. We'll bring you to these crazy uh, <laughs> shenanigans that we have. Absolutely. All right. So so now that we're done with the sketch pad, we move into music. The lat let's let's end with a high note. We've started with a high note with Rick Overton. Now let's we end did. with a high note. The music Absolutely. of the 80s. The music of the 88. This Absolutely. Was great music in 88. So it was. It was pretty good. So I'm gonna go number 100 on the chart because we always start with 100 even though you may not know it. 
but uh, it's uh, only a memory, the smithereens. Oh my goodness, really? The smithereens back then. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I, I only know one of their songs, so this one doesn't ring a bell with me. I only know A Girl Like You. That's the one they always played. Yeah, all the time. Neither, neither did I. And I was like, well, and it was like, it was the first week on the chart, and they right. came in at 100. Wow, it's pretty good. I mean, I, yeah. that you broke the chart at least in your first week. That's never, because smithereens were probably fairly new back then. Yeah, well, yeah. And I mean, and obviously, you know, they, they have their hits, but, right. you know. <clears throat> Nothing. Yeah, my sister played them all the time, but this song doesn't ring a bell. I gotta, I have to listen to this one when I put the right. When I drop the songs in. I'll, when I'll you listen. put the songs in, maybe we'll the people will know. But they'll be like, "Oh, we know this song, you moron! You gotta remember this song." No, I can't sing it. I'd like to sing along. I don't know. Absolutely. Well, drop the. I'm going right down nine, yeah. number ninety nine, dropping right Ooh. before it, and Ooh. you'll know this one. Fat, weird Al. Oh, awesome! Love fat. You know what fat? fat. You know this. Because this was a sequel to Beat It. He had to do this one. Right. Technically, Michael Jackson's sequel to Beat It was bad. So he's like, I got to spoof that one. And man, did he kill it with that, with Fat. It's such a great video. And they shot it at the same sets that Michael Jackson used for his videos. They did, you know, they followed everything just like well, they, they actually recreated that set for his uh, Moonwalker. So it wasn't the original one for the band. Okay. He created it. And then he actually said, let Al use it because he had asked for, you know, the permission, which he does, which is really great that he asked right. all these artists' permissions. I guess Michael Jackson actually helped, you know, further along, so helped with other artists to let Al do parodies on, on Hall of Songs, which is really cool. Yeah. Now, Thanks, bring so. 80 stuff, and I didn't realize it's back then. I know all recently this because this is Ooh, here we go. Oh, so, calm down, Don. Calm down. Okay, get wound up. You, you hit it, you hit the mark. This is it. This is it. This is I the mean, stuff. I grew up with Michael Jackson, obviously. I got a, a jacket in the background and whatever. So when Weird Al came out, I'm like in love the comedy stuff and the parodies. Yeah, he did that like spot on, like the moves, and then made fun of so many, you know. The bad video was cool, but then you watch Weird Al do it, you know, swing his arms out and make all these different sound effects and whatnot. So the guys in the beginning, because I know we've used this line before, the guys like, you know, you know, ding dong, man, yo, ding dong. Those yeah. three guys are the fat boys. Right. Yes, I remember that. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. So having them in there was was kind of yeah. cool. Didn't know that at the time. Um, but yeah, it was just, and, and the video actually won a, a Grammy. No um, kidding. Um, was best concept video. <laughs> so, now, here's a question now, considering today's day and age, right? If you did a video fat like that now in the fat suit, he'd probably take a lot of shit for that. Because well, a lot of, a lot of his songs, because they're actually around food or peace yeah. or things like that. And actually, um, with the whole Michael Jackson scandal, once the, um, the documentary, um, what's it, uh, shoot, what's the name? The Neverland oh, one? Neverland one. Leaving um, Neverland? It, yeah, whatever, that one. Once that came out, he stopped performing um, both Ida and Fat. Really? He didn't want people to feel uncomfortable that he was doing a Michael Jackson song. Understood. Because I guess when he did live shows, he would actually put the fat suit on. Oh, no kidding. Thing. Yeah. So yeah. he said it might come back someday, but right now they're, they're not doing it just because people might feel uncomfortable, which is kind of cool. Right. But now he said this was 99. Now that, that's the U.S. charts. Yeah. The interesting thing is if you go around the world, so um, in the U.S. cash box top 100, it was 89. But let's go to Canada. It, it, was, in, it was at the 80 spot. You go to Australia, it was number 11. No kidding. 
Oh, it gets better. New Zealand must love the word out. Number three on the top chart. Wow. So it's like Look at that. We're, we're behind the times. New Zealand really knew what what Weird Al was was uh, was giving us. So they got the funny. Of, they got the funny. We didn't get it as well. Understand the funny a little bit more. But yeah, it was um, interesting because I never did as much research. I mean, you watch it. It's funny. It was really cool. Yeah. And watch. And then to go and you watch. If you watch the bad video and then watch the Weird Al that video, right. you watch how similar they are and how they're playing off on all of the different things. Um, yeah. Even the like, it's the, they don't just start off with a video. They do the black and white just like they did. Right. And I didn't think it was in the same in the actual same set, but yeah, it, that was interesting to find out that. That's yeah. cool too. But I like how Michael Jackson was so supportive of him doing that. When he said he asked him about beat it, he didn't think he would let him do it. But my, he said Michael was just really cool about it. It's like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, go for it. Didn't give him really any any and uh, it's got slack about it. You don't know what he's gonna do, you know. Right. And I, there was something about um, he wanted to do something to live and let die um with paul mccartney and it was chicken pot pie but paul said <laughs> no because he's a vegan and he didn't want to be a social uh, product but fair enough al's a, a vegan too it was like interesting that they're yeah it's like yeah. now you start to think like chicken pot pie yeah I mean, yeah you, you can, can hear it you can hear the parody or you know even nirvana i think they were a little nervous about doing um you know smells like teen spirit yeah you know, he's like, no, I just want to make fun of it. No one knows what the hell you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you're not making fun of anything about the fact that you don't know what they're, they're saying. And they're like, so. yeah, let's do it, man. Do it. And they're, they, were cool. they were cool with it, which is pretty so, awesome. That's a pretty cool, pretty cool topic. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I love uh, a good Weird Al parody. I'm telling you. Like, you could just go back on his catalog and it's just, <laughs> they're they're great. I mean. Well, I was listening to it. wasn't watching the videos. But then right. once. MTV came out and you could actually see some of the videos, but yeah. I literally started listening just to just to the music. But sure. I, and those the Weird Al song is weird when you hear the original. I, I start singing the Weird Al song. Me too. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah, I know those words before I told the yeah. Jackson lyrics or whatever. Yeah, it's I love you, Jeopardy. It's I lost yes. on every single time. Yes, know? I know. I that's I, I know. I I lost on Jeopardy over our loves in Jeopardy any day. So yeah, absolutely. Or if Lola comes on, it's Yoda. I know the lyrics to Yoda way better than I know Lola. <laughs> and I think some of the songs, I think I heard the Weird Al parody before I heard the original. I, yeah, some of them, are, yeah. Could be, yeah. And it happens, I think, when you hear a song for the first time, that's that's the one you, you're familiar with, and then you yep. hear someone else's version, you're like, eh, I like that, the version I first heard. So I think that might be part of it, but yeah, those, those lyrics are stuck in my head more. Than oh, yeah. Me. Good stuff, man. Awesome. Yeah. Ding cool dong, stuff, yeah. man. <laughs> and Wesley Snipes was in Bad, the Bad video, which is kind of cool. Directed yeah. by Martin Scorsese, which is even cooler to think. Scorsese directed your Michael Jackson. So kind of neat. Man. So, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. There's some crazy well, I'm, I'm, tangents I'm, I'm, in the, the top 99. 98. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you got that much out of 99 because we're rolling now. But yeah, I hope I know more. Do it, more. man. <laughs> uh, we're going to drop the number 95, Kiss and Tell from Bright Lights, okay. Big City. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was Brian a Michael Curry? J. Fox movie. Yep, Michael yeah. J. Fox. Well, that's um, what I was going to say. Usually we go off, you know, Kyle does the movie. So I was going to say, yep. and I remember the movie, <clears throat> this movie was uh, – wasn't this Michael J. Fox and it was based on him being like a stockbroker doing cocaine and 
Yes. I mean, I mean yeah. Because there were there were two that came out around that time where he was trying to break his typical character role from the uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Family oh, Ties family and Back ties. to the Future. Right. He did this one. Yeah, this was a stockbroker who was a drug addict, and then he had the Light of Day that he did with Joan Jett, who was the rock star. Okay. So yeah, but this was the the stockbroker. And I like this one. I like. Yeah. Bright Lights I remember it being a big deal. I don't remember the songs, but I just remember him. Being I don't like, either. I remember it was like he. Was a stockbroker up and comer, blah blah blah. Got on cocaine, and then yep. all of a sudden, in the end, he was like, "I'm starting over." You know, one of them. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna drop to number ninety-three. Uh, Breakaway, Big Pig. You guys heard of that? Big Pig, I'm familiar with. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know the song. Yeah. I can't break away. It's from the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure soundtrack. <clears throat> all right, well, there you go. Kyle, if, if you're go familiar ahead. with the movie. This song plays when, um, in the very beginning, when they're talking about sending the phone booth back, they have the thing come out. And it's like, okay, it's at the actually during the opening credits, <laughs> you'll see like all the things spinning, and it's like a whole thing with that. So it's in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, sometimes I just look at these and I go, eh, I don't know the song, but I, I like I, like the name of the band, Big Pig. Yeah, it's like, it's a cool name, but it's like one of those names that definitely sticks with you. But they didn't have any big hits. Ironically, Big Pig had no big hits. And that's where I'm, I'm going to drop down to number 92 right below that. And it's it, it's Turn Off the Lights. But, and this one's by Lonzo and World Class Wrecking Crew. Wrecking hmm. Crew spelled uh, K-R-U. Ooh, look at that. So I, I mean, so I just saw the name and I'm like, eh, maybe nothing. Yeah, no, this one does not ring any bells. <laughs> Yeah, not to me either. <laughs> but if I listen to it, I might be like, oh, yeah. But, well, yeah, well maybe like, when you do the edits, we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> that, that name rings no bell. What a crazy band name. Jesus. Like, well, it's, it's, to me, it's like, you know, Johnny and the John Stones type of thing. It's like Lonzo and World Class <laughs> Rockin' Crew. You know what I mean? It's I feel like, like if that's on your shirt, you couldn't even fit it on the shirt. You'd have it on the front and the back because it's so much of a big name. Well, and I'm wondering who Lonzo is. Right, you who know the hell's I mean? Lonzo? Yeah. Right, because he's got the World Class Wrecking Crew with him. You're right. If you got no. a World Class Wrecking Crew, you got to be a World Class <laughs> singer, performer, but, man. And Lonzo, you wouldn't think that'd be the leader of them, but apparently so. <laughs> who the hell's Lonzo? Well, just just to let you know, I just did a little quick Wikipedia search on that because now I want to okay. know. All right, great. Look at this. Two of its members, two of its members, Dr. Dre and DJ Yellow. Really? Look at that, Dr. Dre. Wow. So that, wow. There so you go. La so Lonzo must have been Dr. Dre's uh, mentor, or what? It must be. I guess you did have a world class <laughs> wrecking crew there, because I mean, geez. Let's see, yeah. <laughs> Alonzo. So don't let him fool you. It's not Lonzo. It's, oh, it's Alonzo. Yeah. But, oh, okay. But the world class wrecking crew technically eclipsed Alonzo at this point because oh, I know oh, Dr. Yeah. Dre, but Alonzo. You don't even need Lonzo at this point. Just world class, world class wrecking crew. Yeah, that's good yeah. enough, man. That says it all. Right. Well, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe it was a, you know, compilation. Yeah. All right, let's go down to number 90. Uh, this one you're going to know for sure. Going back to Cali, LL Cool J. Okay, yeah, yeah. LL, man. Going and it's from Less Than Zero. You oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. another drug addict. <laughs> so you have Bright Lights, Big City. <laughs> How you got Less Than Zero? This one had Robert Downey Jr. in it. Um, who else was in this one? Was it Andrew McCarthy? Somebody else was in it with Robert. 
What's that? Is every song from this week? Oh, James a- Spader. James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I'm skipping a lot of the ones. I don't even know the names. Are, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm going Let's read, read them off. It's like, oh, that was in the soundtrack. To- All right. <laughs> uh, Kyle does, he does know, and that's why I can't put them all on here. Because he'll just was, he'll be uh, like, I remember this time back in. We'll be, I'll be- I- Back when Jughead was hanging out with uh, so and so uh, and the uh, the Doom Patrol, that's what they sang. That song. It's, it's, it's in 23 minutes and 40 seconds into the film. When right. <laughs> Here's one you might not know, and I just threw it in there because of the name. I was just like Rudy Toot Toot John Mellencamp. Oh, yeah, Mellencamp. You know him. I know Rudy the name, but Rudy Toot Toot. Uh, maybe like the tough, rough guy image of John Cougar Mellencamp of uh, having a Rudy Toot Toot song. I believe uh, he was inspired album? after eating a can of beef. Ah, but I'm The magical fruit. <laughs> when the Archies wrote uh, one of the songs for John John Cougar. Jughead <laughs> <Right. laughs> said, "I got a song." No, no, Rudy Toot. Here you go, buddy. Rudy Toot, buddy. <laughs> All right, down to number 83, Get It, Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson. Wow, that's a nice combo. Stevie Wonder, uh, Michael Jackson. I saw the, the I don't know the, the song, but I know the artist. So Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson, Get It. Get It. You know that one, Don? No, I don't. I mean, I sadly, I don't know the rhythm either, but it sounds like I should. Yeah, I mean, and and that, like I said, that combo in that time frame, it should have been. But if also if it's hitting at eighty, what did you say? Eighty-three. 83? It wasn't I mean, doing so well. Yeah, it looks like that it might have been at three at one point, but. Uh, uh, it's it's so it's from way before. It's just falling down the charts at this point. Get it. So get it, know. baby. <clears throat> Maybe you could do a little Google search on that while I jump to the next one. <laughs> Number 75, parents just don't understand. Oh, DJ, Jazzy, yes. Jeff, and the Fresh Prince. Sometimes parents just don't understand. This sort of what inspired that uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air series. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. song was very much similar to the opening credits. You know, the whole parents thing. just don't understand. Oh, right. Well, right. I remember like it, like he's shopping for clothes with his parents, and they just get they're picking him up a but the butterfly collar shirt, all it's bell bottoms, it's funny. It's just a funny little, little baby. Who would have thought that this guy would have become one of the premier actors of our day? <laughs> no, he was, gonna, he was gonna get in there one way or another. He's like, I'll go be a goofy rapper just as right? long as I get in, and then I'll show you what I got. Yeah, and, and I'll just leave DJ Jazzy Jeffs in the dust because <laughs> I'll put him not, on my show for a little bit. This is okay. not the Fresh Prince in DJ Jazzy Jeff. This is DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Right. <laughs> Yet the Fresh Prince becomes the right. star. He's like, get me, in the, get me in the door, motherfucker. When did he finally lose the title and just go to Will Smith? I mean, I guess it was right around the time. It was during. I mean, when he was on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it was Will Smith. And he he uh, when he did that one movie, he did that Six Degrees of Separation. It was around '93. I think that's when he started becoming. He tried to become that serious, legitimate actor, and Will Smith was the name from that point on. You know, was no more Fresh Prince because even when he did his albums, it was Will Smith. You know, it wasn't Fresh Prince doing an album. 
just those, yeah, those, those two popular songs, Nightmare in My Street and yep. Terrence and Ghost Dan, which I think had the same music for both of them, just different lyrics. Pretty much. And then you had Summertime. Summer, summer, summertime. Right. Well, yeah. He was, he was getting, yeah, like I say, he, 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 was, he was squirming his way in there. He's like, yeah. Just kick that door open, baby. I'll show you. You think at this point, before, like while they're recording this album, they're like, Jesus, this guy's kind of a joke. He's like, screw you. I'm going to be a star one day. And they're like, that's right. Yeah, right. And who's laughing now? Exactly. Right. And that's what he told this kid. Let me just get you in to be a hangout with Jackie Chan and be the new karate kid. And right. I'll get you in there. I'll get you your own movies. There you go. Yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> All right, number 71. I know you're going to know this one. Man in the Mirror, Michael. Oh, Jackson. yeah. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. <laughs> That's a classic. Wasn't that like about... Um... Like, didn't he sing it about like all the stuff, like uh, like just himself looking at like... Uh, like what Chol- he... Children surrounding him? I mean, yeah, I that, or owning bubbles. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> I'm the man in the mirror. <laughs> At least he wasn't the, the man hiding under your bed or something like that. That might Maybe it was one of those. On the nose. It might have been a two-way mirror. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the other side peeking at me. Right. Yes. I got a man in the mirror. <laughs> it could have been. Oh, Jesus. Well, we, we no. Oh, we're disparaging the dead. Well, we've done enough to Michael Jackson. Yeah, sure. poor Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, again, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> exactly. Number 62, Wild Wild West, Cool oh, Moody. Es- which one is this? Cool Moody, cool Wild Moody. Wild okay. West. Wow, really? Oh. Wild Wild West. Yeah. There's there's two Wild songs Wild out at that time that with this with this title. Because the Escape Club did Wild Wild West. That's the one I was thinking you were going to say. I'm like, this oh, one I know that says one. Cool Modi. I'm not saying you're wrong. It probably is correct. Because Cool Modi was pretty popular at that time. He's a big rapper. But I don't know the song that well. I know the other one. And what's I know you, the Wild the Wild West one? that Will Smith did. Uh, the Escape Club was uh, living in, or was it, heading for the 90s, living in the 80s. Living in the back room, waiting for the big boom. Give me, give me Wild West. Give me, give me safe sex. Give me love. Give me love. Give me time to live it up. <laughs> She's so mean. I don't care. I love her eyes and her wild, wild hair. <laughs> Dance to the beat that she loves best. Heading for the 90s, living in the wild, wild west. <laughs> there you go. That's the one I know. Is that not That's the one I know. That's not it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not cool, Moti. <laughs> he was a rapper, so that one I'm not sure. Though I do remember Wild Wild West in '99 when Will well, Smith did that version. I would hope that during the amount of time we talked about this, you'll have time to edit both of them in. There you go. I'll stick them in. <laughs> stick one in up till now, and then stick the other one in now. Right, and then the people listening will be able to go. All right. Yeah, wow. There you go. That's a lot Two of different ones. Dude, that's there you a go. lot of wild, wild west. There you go. <laughs> God damn it, Lindsay, you're on top of your thing. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm off my rocker. You're better than I was because I'm like, I, I when you sang it, I'm like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But then I go, yeah, that's what, what I, thought, I was but... originally thinking when I wrote that down. Sure. All right. Hey, number 47, New Sensation in Excess. And that's a great song. Great album. The kick album, man. That was so good. I'm on a new sensation. 
That was a good song. Yeah, Yeah, classic tune. And number 46 right below it, Devil Inside. Oh, my God, yeah. Right back to back, two NXS tracks. Devil Inside, the Devil Inside. Every single one of us, the Devil Inside. I feel like they came out all at once. Like all their songs just, yeah. They must have. She used to be that back to back on a on a and you didn't really chart hear like that. But yeah. They had a lot of hits. That album had a lot of hits off of it. Yeah. I think that was a hit though, right? I mean, for NXS. Well, in 1990, they released X and they had a few hits off that. But after that, it was, they had one more album come out and they only had like a, a really small hit off it. And that was pretty yeah, much it. Say, I mean, they had a window. They did. You and know what I mean? It was like they didn't transcend. And, uh... they, yeah, they kind of lost in the early 90s. but And then they were planning a comeback in the late 90s. But then that's when Michael Hutchinson killed himself. Was He hung himself in a hotel room while they were getting ready to do a, like a comeback tour. And that's a comeback tour stopper. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Every time. Yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll end your band every single time. I'll slow you down a little bit. <laughs> Uh, dropping down number 39, Pour Some Sugar on Me, definitely. Pour some sugar on me in the name of love. <laughs> That's like, that is probably the, like, one of those definitive 80s songs. Like, everybody oh. knows Pour Some Sugar on Me when you say Def Leppard. I think that's the song they think of first. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's just like, it's so iconic at this point. That was a huge hit for them. Right. That it, was like, that's back when they made the songs where it was like, too hot, sticky, sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, it was, you can remember that stuff. Yeah, yes. you know. I, You know, this actually brings me back to, like, to a senior dance. I remember um, it was probably like 91, 92 time. And we were at a dance. I remember just being there and just everybody's on the floor for this song. And everybody's singing along with it. It was just crazy. <laughs> Even if you weren't on the floor, you're sitting in the bleachers singing that. Even like the, the you know, the, the headbangers, you know, and the the jocks and like whatever click it was, everybody was singing this song. It was just one of those songs that just everybody knew. And even still us, even yeah. us. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure. You're like, you're like, there's the jocks and the cool people, and you're like, and even us. Yeah, we were, we were sort of the, the. I guess we were kind of the leftovers or something. You and, me, you and me were in the corner going. <laughs> <laughs> We were like a weird group. We didn't really fit. Like, if you looked at our group, because like you were kind of in the jocks category, because you were you played football. So I was a nerd. You know, yeah. yeah like Kilsey was kind of a burnout type, and like yeah, uh, but we were. I buddy. was like, I was like, like I was of, like a jock and a comic. I, I was so yeah. nervous, like, oh. We kind of, we kind what of. Were we, you? I don't know. I was a nerd, and I, but I did this, we, and then we yeah. partied, and then we. I mean, it was. You're jock. You were not. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we were kind of in a weird like group. We right. were just like everything that was left over. We didn't really fit like perfectly right. in any other groups. So we just all that's why we all together. sat at the same table at lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The eclectic group, like the Archies. It's exactly we were. Yeah, like we the were. Archies. We had our cheeseburgers. I'm Jughead. <laughs> no, I am, man. <laughs> Fight over who's Jughead. <laughs> oh man. Classic stuff, but yeah, those are good times. You gotta love it. Absolutely. But they, you know, but it was funny because we used to get people from other cliques would come sit in our table too once in a while. They'll like sit like right. they guest star at our table and they disappear for a few weeks right. and come back later. It was fun. Yeah, they went to what college. Do you uh, they didn't just disappear for <laughs> right, and went to went to college. 
right. All I know is when I had parties at my house and I had beer, everybody wanted to show up. Everybody so was, you know, it didn't yeah. really matter. Yeah, we were all there. <laughs> all right, dropping down to number thirty-eight. Uh, Beds are burning. Midnight. Oh, oh midnight, great song. How can we sleep while our beds are burning? They're an Australian band, and the song was about like uh, I think the slaughter of the Aborigines in the outback or something like that. It was something. Um, Something uplifting, something uplifting to the, yeah. <laughs> I always thought it had something to do with the burning bed. That movie that what what's her name was in from the 80s was a Farrah Fawcett or whoever it was. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, that's what I correlated it with, but it was so much cooler than that movie was because I never watched the movie. But this song was pretty awesome. I love this song. I did. Oh, know yeah, about that. it's still a great song. Oh, well, the well of love. Yeah, that big pause. Yeah. Catherine Hepburn, the lead singer. Oh, Ed, right. Oh, good stuff. Boys, go ahead and play the tune. I'll sing along. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm going to drop the number 37. Nothing but a good time. Polson? Okay. Um, was it? Nothing. Is it poison? Nothing. Poison. Poison. Well, poison. Don't need nothing but Pulsen. a good time. Polson. <laughs> well, that's my, that's a oh, misprint yeah. on my show, my sheet there. But. Right, it's a different version. Paulson, Paulson, he was a country guy. Nothing but a good time. I don't need nothing but a good time. I'm Paulson, doing a little poison cover. Fuck you! I had a misprint on my sheet. (laughs) (laughs) You're like Tom Brown's, like poison. What? 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 Paulson, who the fuck's Paulson? Versions of Wild Wild West that I didn't realize. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's true. This is a crazy time, man. Wilson is guest starring in this one. I don't know. What's going well, yeah, Brett Michaels coming. I think it was just their. Was this their first hit, or was Talk Dirty to me first? It was right. It was the same album, but I can't remember. Which uh, yeah, I think Talk Dirty was, but yeah, but don't need nothing but a good time. How can I <laughs> I love I love poison. I, I definitely got into Unskinny Bop and everything. Oh, I mean, yeah. oh, well, actually, probably one of my favorite is uh, something to believe in. Um, oh, I remember that. That was a big hit for them too, man. That's like a power. It was like two. It was like 1990. But yeah, yeah. Some yeah, they got some good stuff. I missed them. Uh, yep. Yeah, poison. Number thirty-five. Uh, the Oh, uh, <laughs> yes, the school day soundtrack EU. Yeah, school day. Okay, this that was a Spike Lee movie. This is doing the butt. You remember that whole thing? You know who did this all the time? My sister and Lori Williams, uh, buddy's oh. sister. They oh, yeah. used to do this all the way because they come over and she'd always do the dance, but she'd like shake her butt and stuff. So I, I that's how I always, I will always remember the song. <laughs> yeah, how'd that work out for you? Not at all. <laughs> Spent a lot of time in the bathroom. Though. I was gonna say, I just, you were like, I don't I remember these girls at the house. <laughs> like Heather Brown, like all those girls that come over. There. But Lori Williams, Lori Williams was the one that stuck out because she was the one that always brought it up. She would always be like, Do you need the butt? 
You should do that dance with it. Oh, God and bless you, Kyle Lentz. It, it well, did nothing for me. Right. <laughs> I, I was a nerdy little Other brother. Give you a memory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and hours of material to use in the bathroom. <laughs> Oh, God bless you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Hours of material. <laughs> oh. Not all at once. Not all at once. Let's be clear. Okay. Hold it. Hold it in. Hold it. Settle it. Yes, five and nine. What, was he, what else are you supposed to do? <laughs> I probably, I know. I'm right. in the middle. Oh, yeah, I hit three channels. What am I doing? You know? I will I, never I, listen to that song the same way. <laughs> I've ruined it for you forever. <laughs> now well, I've, I've made it, it better. <laughs> You be the judge. You be the judge. <laughs> right below that, number 34. Get out of my dreams. Get into my car. Billy oh, Ocean. Billy Ocean. Holy. This? Awesome. This was from the movie License for Drive. This appeared in it. it was, I don't know if it was directly from it, but it appeared in that movie. Yeah. But it was like, get out of my dreams. Get in the backseat, baby. Get into my car. Is it cartoon and live action? Was yes. It? Yeah, it was like neon characters. Like yes, it, it, like, like there were line characters. They weren't like full, right. like full real life kind of animated. Yeah. They were like yeah. yeah, like Fido Dido. If you remember that sort of character design from that time. I but yeah, that was motion. Yeah, yeah, but that was, he didn't have a he had a lot of hits, but shortly after this, he kind of faded out. He wasn't around as much. Yeah. Um, well, what did he have? Uh, Caribbean Queen and Caribbean Lumber Queen. Queen. Well, um, let's not forget uh, when the going get tough, the tough get going. Um, yep, that's that's where mine's going too. Yes, Jewel of the Nile. Yep, Jewel of the Nile. Absolutely, I used to love that song too. <laughs> I don't love it anymore. What's wrong with it? You don't. You I still it? do. I still do. They just don't play it enough, I, or I don't look. I don't seek it out enough. I guess. Maybe. I don't seek it because <laughs> nowadays you don't really wait for it to come on the radio, right? You go on YouTube well, and you find. Um, if, actually, I think Polson has a new version of it out. <laughs> right. Just before it was open, I had to walk in and sit down. On they, the couch. I think they did a duet with Cool Modi, right? <laughs> cool Modi, yeah. I'll tell you what, if I started a fucking man, it's going to be called Polson. <laughs> it's going to be called right. Polson. That's it. <laughs> hey, dirty cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 29, Dirty Diana, Michael Jackson. And it must be, your, must be your day, Don Brown, because you love Michael Jackson. There it is. Well, yeah. I, let's back up. I don't love Michael Jackson. I grew up liking music, and he had great music. This yes. was before I knew what he was doing at his ranch. I mean, that, that changes some things. Allegedly. Allegedly. But, <laughs> so, I mean, it's and, it's, and it's, that's difficult because it's like the music, I mean, when we were growing up in we didn't know that we and the music's still good and just because i mean we've got actors that have done some bad things doesn't make them bad actors and we can't watch them anymore it just it's just a whole different perspective on it, it there's a whole argument of can you separate the artist and the art you know that's <laughs> i know my so, wife can't because she when michael jackson comes on the radio she's like turn that off i'm, Whoa. Like, <laughs> I'm like all right what are you i still do? listen i'll still listen we watch <laughs> leaving neverland She's oh, okay. Like, I, and she's like, yeah. That's it, yeah. Done. And I'm the same way, but I'm like, you know, separating the art. I'm more of a Prince guy. I mean, I just, you, I, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> you know, hopefully he ain't done nothing yet that's going to come up. Nothing that we know of, you know, other than about a million chicks in the eight. <laughs> 
but I understand what you're saying, Don. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. It's just, it, it's like watching, um, oh, shit. Who is the, who's the actor? Uh, no, who's the one that, uh, like Mel Gibson? No, well, not him. Because no. he's one, because yeah. he went on that yeah. racist rant. But I can but, still enjoy Lethal Weapon. Yeah, but he pulled the nose up. You know yes, what I mean? I, I'll give him that, yeah. <clears throat> no, uh, yeah, I still watch oh, Paul. I know what he did in that theater that one night, but I don't hold it right. against him. There you go, right, right. <laughs> who's, who's the guy that went to France? Wow. Oh, uh, Polanski? Pol- uh, oh, yeah, Roman Polanski. Well, there's Polanski, but then after him... There's a lot of people there. Yeah, Polanski was a big oh, one. Oh, Christ. I can't think of him. But he was in so many movies in the 80s and 90s. Um, trying to think. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it'll come he, up at some point. It was a he was a me too guy. He just got hit, ah, okay. you know, and he got hit by that. Said, said, yeah. see ya. <laughs> yeah, so here's anyway. an interesting little side note on Dirty Diana. Why this is another thing that gives me memories from back in high school. I remember being in like I think it was with this '88. So this Wait, was about eighth it, grade. Was this with Lori Williams? No, no, no. This okay, is actually not- completely unrelated. <laughs> I think it was in Mr. Bird's class. I remember sitting in there and it it was uh we were sitting in there with like and it's like Ray Diana, you know, Robert Diana, and Jamie Decker sitting there and he turns around and goes, Raymond Diana. Oh he starts singing a song to him like that. And I that, that's how I remember that song forever. Is with that with any Diana's name attached to it now, like Robert Diana, like any of them. It's so ridiculous. But he would just he would do that to get them going because be like, shut up. Dude, uh-huh. Shut up! You get pissed when he starts singing it, so he do it just to piss him off. And I just sit there laughing. Yeah, that was most of my time <laughs> in that, that class. <laughs> well, now I'm gonna think about it every time. Yeah, I can't that song. yeah, you can now. You get yeah, Ray and Robert Tennyson. Simpler times. Oh yeah. Okay, number fifteen, Angel Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Me. I remember the guitar, Joe Perry strumming that in there. It was like, uh, oh God, I can't remember. I don't want to start singing it like, uh, the wrong. but yeah, the angel. I know, I know the song. It's right there. I do know the song, but I, I can't pull it out of my head right now. <laughs> well, you don't have to sing them all. That's it's right. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I, I will spare the audience that. One. I love you for trying every single one because that's, that's why I love you, brother. Because oh, you're there. You know what I mean. No, no. Yeah, it's probably the worst All thing right. you could ever do. But I number fourteen, Pink Cadillac, Natalie Cole. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a big, uh, big one for her. Pink Cadillac, cross Tennessee. I don't remember all the words, but I do remember the rhythm to that one. That was a pretty big hit. Springsteen, write it. It's, it's I think cool. yes. I think this was a Springsteen song that she covered. She covered, yeah. Yeah. So, once again, you hear her version, and then you hear the Springs. I'm like, oh, that's well, who the heck? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what? yeah. It, it, the Springsteen one sounds wrong, even though that was the original version. Oh, right. Because I've heard this one first, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. it, the the song damaged it. It's terrible. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. He was gonna go. He was gonna do Tatatutuie or whatever the other song was, but <laughs> Rudy Tootie, Rudy Toot, or whatever. Rudy Toot. Okay, we're gonna jump right now into the top ten, and then we're gonna run Ooh. everything down from the top ten as we always do. Yes, sir. Uh, whether we know it or not, number ten, two occasions. Uh, the Delhi. 
God, I have no idea. <laughs> this one's gonna, a blank. I'm gonna One say two occasions. The deli is spelled the and then D E E L E. Dealy, Dally? Dealy, yeah, dude. I this one well, is like, wow. Hey, I don't know. They hit number ten, baby. Yeah, they there must have been some. I guarantee you, if I put this on right now, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's the well. Song. We're gonna but hear it. Ring the bell. Hey, when you do the editing, you'll that's know. right. All I'll right. be I'll be singing along with it while I'm putting the song in. Today. And a couple are just like this. Number nine, everything your heart desires. Daryl Hall, John Oates. Oh yeah, I, you know a good Hall and Oates song. You can't go wrong. You know that. Uh, yeah, that voice that uh, you know, Hall Daryl Hall has uh, is is good. He's got a great voice. I, I could go back and listen to any of those songs now. I, back then, I don't think I really appreciated them, but when I listen yeah. to them now, I'm like, yeah, those are pretty good songs. Absolutely good. Did, did, like did rich man. Like, yeah, did the other guy do anything, or he's kind of like Garfunkel? I'm Oates. I'm Oates. <laughs> I don't know what Oates does anymore. Yeah, he's the lead singer. He's the lead singer in Pulsa. Don't worry. <laughs> there you go. Favorite, favorite. Band. Right. Yeah. Number eight. Wait. White Lion. Oh, White Lion, man, they were big too back then. Damn. My brother listened to White Lion a lot. I know the band. I don't know the song. That's right. I, mean. I don't either, but I do know. Yeah, I remember the band. I probably know this song because, like I said, Paul used to play it. My brother Paul. All the time. This was one of those records. Wow. Well, maybe you know this one. Electric Blue Ice House? Oh, yeah. Electric Blue. Doo, doo, doo. It was such a weird song because it sounds like it should be a lot heavier than it is. Um, da, na, 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 da, yeah. Na, na, electric Blue. Doo, doo, doo. It's, like, yeah, it's like a weird, like, it's a weird little song. It, it, Hey, yeah, got to number seven, baby. Hey, they did it. This one I do know. It's, I just can't remember the words exactly, but it's like. You know, it always reminds me when Smokey sings. It almost has yes, very similar to that. When Smokey sings, it has the same type of like rhythm to it, like that one has, and that kind of uppy, tempo-y type of thing. But yeah. Right, well, don't stress yourself out about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll jump down to number six. I don't want to live without you, foreigner. I'm trying to think if that's the way it goes. Foreigner, yeah, they were big at that time. I mean, the jukebox hero is a bigger hit, but you know, hey, this was still. I feel like they were. I want to live without you. That's what I. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think you're right on there. Look at you, you got it. You're singing the whole I can do it. I can do it. Once in a while, I can do it. I don't want to live without you. I want you to know me. Right? Is that how it goes? No, no, that's a different one. Um, oh, all right. I want to well, know what love is. <laughs> I want to know what love is. See? I want See? you to show me. That's why I say them and you sing them. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to think this one. I I know this song. And it's like, what? Are, this is weird yeah. because like I should know all these songs. This is 1988. My memory should be really good from 88. But if you should give me songs from 84, I probably yeah. know those better. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're listening to stuff. Like, I feel like when I was listening to stuff that was earlier, maybe not what was actually out then. Probably. You know? Like, I was listening to some of the stuff in the 70s at this time. Then, that that, that could be true. But it's TV. funny because when we did the Batman episode, we talked about 89, like every song in there. I knew every single song. But this one is like, all, all 10 songs were all well, top songs at Princeton. So that's easy. That's why I felt like this. <laughs> yeah, that's why I felt like this. 88 i was like i looked at it and i was yeah. like i don't know 
don't really. Nothing's That's really hidden. Like, like we yeah. hit some of these episodes. We've been hitting this. Like every song is like boom. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But '88 must have been a weird year. Or at least this it time. It was. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe just yeah. Spring, spring AD. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, you're right around. Yeah, spring. It's kind of a. Yeah. We don't get the song of summer yet, or any of that stuff is really hit. Well, let's try number five. Naughty yeah. girls need love too. Naughty Samantha girls Fox. need love too. Do 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 do. Yeah, Samantha Fox. She was like a. I don't think she was a porn actress, but she did a lot of nudity back in those days. I'm pretty sure she did a lot of magazines and things. Samantha Fox. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with her. Samantha Fox was uh she had yeah. a couple hits, but this was uh this was like her I think her first big hit, but it was like dun, dun, dun. and then it's like uh naughty girls need love too. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. I know that one pretty well. Yeah. Probably would have been Roy Williams hanging around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll drop down number four. Always on my mind, Pet Shop Boys. Yep, you were always on my mind. It was a cover of the Willie Nelson song, but in the Pet Shop Boys way. You were always on my mind. So it was really like, had a much faster beat than the Willie Nelson yeah. version, but same lyrics. Yeah, yeah, it's one I, I haven't heard in a while. Usually you hear Pet Shop Boys, you hear like Opportunities or one of those type of songs. This song, yeah, it's one of the ones that they did, and it was obviously a big hit. Yeah. But yeah, you don't hear it often. Good one. Uh, well, it's got the number four, right? Yeah, man. It's up there. All right, right. number three, Shattered Dreams, Johnny Hates Jazz. Shattered Dreams, Shattered Dreams, nothing but Shattered Dreams. Yeah, Johnny Hates Jazz. I think that was the biggest hit right there was Shattered Dreams. I don't know much, much else there. Another one my sister was into. She played that album all the time, or at least that single. I remember hearing that all the time. All right, number two. You can hear that? <laughs> yeah, through the bathroom wall. You can hear it through the door. Mike, you're interrupting my processing. Turn off the song. Put the butt back on. My rhythm's off. Uh, <laughs> I hate the butt. Number two, one more try, George Michael. Oh, God, yeah. This was during the Faith album so this was big stuff so yeah. yeah so this was when george michael was like he exploded mtv like this was you see it every two seconds was a george michael video you know how did this one go kyle um it was a slower one i know that it was like a one more try. and it was like a, a much slower beat like father figure was it was like that slower oh, yeah yep yeah. all right version. couldn't get uh, yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's, I keep Father Figure keeps popping in my head, but I can hear this one in my head. I just can't bring it out. It's just late <laughs> and I'm old. <laughs> I think so. That was a big. Uh, I do remember it being a big game again. And I'm gonna go to number Michael. one. I, I don't even know if you know number one because I don't remember it. But anything for you, Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound. There's our our Latin explosion. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I I remember the song. Yeah, and it's it's in my brain somewhere. When I hear it, I'll be like, yeah, I could sing along with it when I hear it. But just pulling it out of my brain, it's just it's not uh, one of those. Yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's not like if you give yeah. me one, two, three, four, you know, or con uh, or one of those. Yeah, those pop right. One, out two, of my three, head. four. <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> Come on, baby, say you love me five, six, seven times. <laughs> like I know that stupid song, but this yeah. one, I know the song, but this one wasn't as is. You know, in the forefront of my brain is that one is. <laughs> this was, that, this that, was the bus accident too. 
<laughs> oh yeah, in Syracuse, thank you very much, right? Yeah, she she coming to Syracuse, she's like I ain't going there again. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a, a, that's an on that. Yeah, like, north, <laughs> going up there. I'll stay down in the Miami uh, area. <laughs> That was it for music. But yeah, it's it it pretty good. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting. Know, uh, music's always uh, fun. It, oh, it's I love fun it. fun because, uh, you know, whether we always get the sports or the, you know, whatever, the comics or the whatever's yeah. going on, the music, the movies, we always, for some reason, everything comes back to the music and we always get it's all yeah there's always even if i don't know the song offhand when i go back and listen to it i'm like oh man the memories start flooding back in my brain about this yeah. and like oh i remember this now this song you, this also yeah, we get it yeah we get it by you and your bathroom yeah <laughs> i'll never live it down <laughs> worried about what you're gonna do after you get off this but uh, <laughs> the things too with, with some of the, the music that you know you don't think that typically music that's on a soundtrack you didn't think would hit the charts but there was what maybe two or three songs there's quite a few and not huge big movies either (laughs) you know top gun some of these other big movies you're going to get you know danger zone is going to get played but a song that was in bill and ted's or a song that was in a you know less than zero or right like big city yeah right sometimes there's like 10 songs in that 100 that are in movies and then there might be one and then you know, yep. that's, that's the beauty of jumping back to 1980 or 81. Yes. You know what I mean? We're like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? You know, yeah, we jump into 89 like... and it's like you're older, you get yeah. a lot more out of it. But yes. that's the beauty of the 80s, kids. Oh, yeah. That's why you got to love yeah. it because it's a, definitely a reliving some past memories that's there. Right. Just, uh, just some got, fun times. Got to ride the wave, baby. <laughs> but so, that's, uh, uh, that's music. So where are we going from here? Right, we're we're wrapping up. That's it. We're man. wrapping we up. Wait a minute. We got Don Brown. Where's Don Brown? Of course. God, Don, you should, I Don think Brown, you shared it. Did you did nothing, you not share your your yeah, big nothing, uh, moment? Right. Nothing happened nothing. during that. The fat, right? Yeah, fat. That was that, that was, was his big uh, his big research uh, that, right there. That was my research thing. That was what it, once I I saw that come up. I'm like, okay, I know about this. This is something I know. So I'm like, this oh, is all it. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize you were going to go all the way through the top 100 because I'm like, oh, I'll save this. I'll ha- I'll keep this nugget till the end. And <laughs> talk about music. Oh, all right. Yeah. I was I was hoping. You know, we need we need like a bounce. We need like a bounce. So so when the guest host comes and says, like, you know, I didn't realize that was happening. So it was yeah. like the ding 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 ding. Okay, and then we could have stopped. And let him run. I didn't, I didn't let him run. He did. I, he yeah, he did. But I was just like, well, that fucker knows a lot about this. You know <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize he would, that's his subject. So I, yeah. like, I want to slide right in and then slide right on in. Yeah, yeah, it, it worked nice. out. I thought that was awesome the way, way he came in. It's like you were talking about it. He's like, hey, wait a second. He starts oh, coming yeah. in with all his facts. I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly what we were looking for. I was trying to steal some of my thunder. He's like, oh, you know that they had the set here. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. It's not the original. I had to, you know, we had to. Good stuff. To, you know, and, that, and that's it. I mean, this is my first time, you know, go easy on me. I'm like, now I want to research, you know, all the classic hits of Polson. Yeah, when I, <laughs> right? Well, good luck with that, fucker. <laughs> and that was number 99. That was the second one on the chart. See? Yeah. What would, you cool. done, what would you have done if I skipped it? He would have brought it up, yeah. I would have brought like didn't, but but Rich, did, you forgot one of the most important songs. <laughs> okay, all right, right, right. Yeah, there you go. He's, he's got it. He knows what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, all right, good, good, good. I mean, that's what I was like. I was like, uh, you know, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, we need maybe when you do the editing, 
You should just throw in a bell. Ding, 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 ding. Like <laughs> I that. can if you'd like. I can throw it. You know, throw that in. And then, <laughs> not, that, not that we recognized it, but, you know, <laughs> at least people will know. I mean, I could I could have held up a card or something like, this is my topic. You know, I could have. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need. There it is. Take a look. I don't know. It was a concept I came up with, but maybe we need something like that moving forward. Yeah. We can. We can add it. I just like the fact that it could have been anything throughout the show, yeah. which is it fun. Happen, it happened. We didn't even know. Or I didn't. Did you? I, I picked up. I picked up. I knew what he yeah. was going with it. Right, it did talk, did you talk to him ahead of time. No, no, I had no clue what he was talking about. Oh, I, I was no just. I was just like, this fucker's really. That's why every time Michael Jackson came up, I'm like, oh, Don, here's Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I only know Michael Jackson through Weird Al. That's, uh, right? Great. There no. you go. <laughs> but very nicely done, sir. Very nicely yeah, done. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I, didn't, I didn't buy that jacket behind me because I'm like, I'm a huge fan. I bought that because we actually did the thriller dance for work and I was just going to be a part of it and I ended up being the, the, like, the lead instructor. And I'm you like, too much. I, we're going to do it right. So I bought, bought the jacket and I've worn it once and that's, it goes back in the closet and, and hidden from children and people that would take offense. Um, <laughs> hidden from children. <laughs> I mean, back in the eighties, I'm like, I wanted the one with the zippers on it, but I'm like, the thriller one's pretty cool. So in case I need it again. So I have that red jacket and a pair of red jeans, which I'll never wear anywhere else, but I got them now. So there you go. Well. <laughs> Classic stuff, man. I really like is get drunk and have a cheeseburger right around now, but <laughs> it's about that time of day there. <laughs> well, you know, hey, this is uh it was a great, great episode. I mean, this is an epic episode if you think about it. I think we've yeah, tried over absolutely. three hours well, of, right. of uh, audio here, so it is quite the the, well, the jam it's first time we it's first time that we've had a guest and a uh, a friend of ours guest on. Yeah, so no good well, stuff. Thank you. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. It was amazing yeah. and, and just yeah, good to see you guys and good to chat about the stuff that we're we grew up listening to, watching, talking about, and the the memories yeah. coming back and absolutely, um, yeah, just all that stuff. I was actually doing it today because we're coming up on our thirtieth uh, class reunion. Um, oh, yeah, we're gonna try to get together. So I've been going through old photos and old books and stuff. I found old Friday Night Live, uh, you know, program stuff we used to. Do. <laughs> Uh, you know, Classic pictures, stuff. You know, us doing stuff and uh, found a picture of Lori Williams. Um, so there I, you go. Mm. <laughs> <kidding>. uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah. So now, thank you. This was really, yeah. Really we had fun. Well, I'm glad Don, you got to yeah. join us. Absolutely, Don. Don't don't get too uh, lazy because you're going to come back on. With oh yeah, here. we'll have you back. You'll, you'll be I'll guest be. hosting again, so be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will be. But next time when I do have my my topic, I'll let you know. I'll bring we'll a bing, bell. Bing, bing, in. Put a special hat on or something I'm like this is mine something <laughs> all right now uh, make make sure you listen to some pulsing and catch up on that so you're right right there you go they don't have any hits actually they don't have any songs um <laughs> Polson featuring the archies um all right there you, right on maybe it's pulse on maybe it's something to do with the transformers i don't know maybe. It's all over the place, babe. We are everywhere. Absolutely. All right, yeah. So there you go. There's another fantastic episode journeying through the '80s, man. We are, we're all over the place, as you can see. So it's it's a fun fun ride. I'm glad you guys are joining us. So. Absolutely, and remember, folks, here at the '80s Kids, we'll do the googling for you.
You said it. Awesome. So stay tight. We got some more exciting episodes coming up in the future. More, more guest hosts and more celebrity guests. So we'll have some fun. So please join us. Subscribe to us. Follow us here on Spotify. Uh, listen to us every uh, every chance you get. All right. So journey. So traveling through the '80s with the '80s kids. We'll be seeing you soon. All right. Peace out. Peace out. Thank you. All right. Good.